Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this field of being. Pac-Man, Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. The program starts now. Much mana! Much mana to everybody out there that allows us to do this every single day for a living. We are so incredibly thankful that you travel to this YouTube channel or to these Twitter clips and listen to us chit-chat about everything happening around the sports world. In the real world, every once in a while something happens that's incredibly serious that we have to kind of dabble into. In Nashville yesterday, something terrible happened. I would like to let everybody know in that beautiful city in which we have some fans, even though I went down there on draft night and cut a promo against the Titans and did get booed a little bit. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of love for that city and a lot of friends in that city. What happened there yesterday is obviously incredibly scary, and we hope that there's nothing but well wishes from us and the rest of the world to you. We hope you feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in the sports world, there's a lot of incredibly bonkers, bananas, situations that are sitting and waiting to be figured out. Yeah. We're hearing more and more information from all parties, though, because at these league meetings, who Ian Rappaport will be joining us from here in about 27 Ooh, minutes or so, rap. there's everybody talking. Owners are talking. GMs are talking. Right. Coaches are talking. Right. Players are tweeting. Right. Things are being said. I mean, it is a great time to kind of figure out what the hell is actually going on around the NFL. The commanders just had an offer place for $6 billion to by the Washington Commanders from Snyder. I believe that is Magic Johnson, Josh Harris, and another crew of people that have been put together who all have massive fucking bank accounts. Huge. And they kind of pitched in to buy this Commanders team that they're going to have to build a new stadium Mm -hmm. and probably build up the entire franchise yet again because where it has been. Uh, Snyder will make 25x what he bought it for, all the while being what a lot of people are considering allegedly the worst owner in the history of high-tier professional sports. So congrats to Snyder getting a $6 billion check at least over the next couple weeks. Jim Irsay spoke about the Snyder sale while being taped by one of Snyder's protégés or whatever through the entire thing. Go ahead, say it, Jim. Fucking say it. I'm sending it right to Dan Snyder is what this guy was clearly saying. Norm Chirite, I believe. Mm -hmm. Chirite. We apologize for the mispronunciation of Photog here. Norm Charite. 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 Whatever. Incredible form. Good, stiff, firm wrist. You know, he was going to get the proper angle. Snuck in between the person that's being covered here, Stephen Holder, who has covered the Indianapolis Colts for a long time, was able to go right past his armpit, right to his side of his arm, mm. in between another media member, so that Jim Irsay couldn't see Mr. Norm Chait. The photog, we apologize for mispronunciation. I wonder what he thought Jim could potentially be saying at that point because they just left a privileged session at the league meetings where it was only one per club, pretty much is how this whole thing goes. So what was leaked potentially in that one per club meeting that this person immediately said, I fucking dare you, Jim. I dare (laughs) you to say it. I'm sending it right to Dan. Fascinating scenes as it all unfolds. We will keep our ear to the ground and cover it. Certainly, Guntikoots talked about old Aaron Rodgers which we will have to dive into today. He talked about reaching out to Aaron, not being able to get to him, and him wanting to basically be able to make something work, but inevitably he had to do his job and move on. We'll break down all of that with the Toxic Table at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Packers fan, Ty, get a chance here. Good to come and speak. I think it's a good thing. I've actually enjoyed hearing from their side of it all. I think a lot of things can both be true, right? and I think we've all ended at the same exact spot, but I liked hearing Goody at least answer a little bit and defend himself in the whole thing. Yeah, for sure, and I think like 
you mentioned, in situations like these, like there are truths on both sides. You know, like there, it's not like someone's going to say something and either Gutekinds or Rogers is going to be like, oh, you know what? Actually, he was right. Like they both have how they feel. It's already been established. They both think they're right in what they, you know, what they did in terms of getting to this point. So they're really, it, you know, it's like there are half truths everywhere, and you kind of just take everything in and and make your own decision. And what we know is, it appears as if both sides are uh, okay. Probably not working together. Yeah, it no. certainly <laughs> appears that that's, that's can, the case. I think we can. Uh, I think that's my big takeaway. So once again, don't want to talk about leverage, but I think it is going to be talked about over the next few days as the deal is probably made free between the Packers and the Jets with all the things that are being said publicly. Mm-hmm. All the things are being said very public by all parties. Everyone right. hears it. Okay, so that just, whenever you're trying to get deals, like, in, hearing other people are interested, good news. Okay, hearing other people potentially bailing out, good news. Because then it kind of, hearing everybody's like, nah, this, this is how it, it's got to fucking be pretty much yeah. at this mm-hmm. point. Like, let, the deal is going to get done. I'll be excited to see what it's for. One half of the hammer, Cowboys, Tone Diggs. I don't know if you sent it into the group or if you heard us chatting about it earlier. Somebody said two twos or something like that yes. potentially yeah. is going to be what they're projecting the trade to be for Aaron Rodgers uh-huh. from the Packers to the Jets. Where'd that come from and uh, how legit was that and who knows that type of information? That came from, who did that come from? Charles Robinson. Thank Chuck you. Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Chuck Yahoo. Mm-hmm. St- Yahoo Sports. Still a thing. Still right. going. Charles Robinson works for him. Lived mm-hmm. in a uh, in a wood grain vehicle. No, he was at the park in, in a wood grain vehicle. Well, him and his dogs, whether they were living there or not temporarily, he was definitely living out of his car. Charles Robinson did a hit on our show mm-hmm. in between driving from his house to take his dog on a walk at a park. There were some pillows in the back, a cage in the back, a couple yep. suitcases. some clothes in the back. So obviously, as he's faced, incredibly kind of him to come on the show oh, yeah. at this Chuck. particular time. And all the boys could say is, oh, Charles is living in that car right now. Yeah, what's going on, Chuck? You guys are right. Like he now wasn't at all. That. You said it. No, well, I, said, I said it today. Yeah, you echoed it. You retweeted it. Right. You put a spotlight on it. Even though retweets do not endorse my own opinions. Sure. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. You need to know that none of us know that this is it. Boom. <laughs> this was the Boom. situation. And a toilet paper back there? No. He was just taking his dog on a fucking walk. Okay. okay? Maybe it was toilet paper, so he had to pick up the poop yeah. Yeah. off the trail. Being a good guy. Charles Robinson is the Yahoo Sports. Yes. yes. Yahoo Sports still happening. The face of they had a report down. Sorry, we had to break that. Yeah, up. about the the two twos, which I thought was, you know. Seems right. Come me, on. My eyes, seems right. Joining us live on stage in studio for, I believe it's the third or fourth week. Four. It, fourth. Is it number four? Four. Are we sure? No, I think it's... I think it's number three. It's four. No. Whatever the case, he's four. been fucking awesome. 14-year NFL vet, obviously an icon in every single culture in America. Hell yeah. He beat up a guy because he got to talk shit to Shaq. Ladies and gentlemen, Pac-Man Jets. Pac-Man, two twos potentially being talked about as being the uh, deal. And remember, they just made a trade. The Jets just made a trade to acquire another second Mm -hmm. and acquire another third, I do believe. Sent a third. Yeah, whatever it is. They they did some stuff to add to their package that they could potentially present. How pissed off do you think Packers fans are going to be if it's two twos? And if they get a lot less than what Russell Wilson got, Matthew Stafford got, and everything like that? Well, I, I don't think they should be that mad. I think they should get two twos and a three. I think that's a really good deal. Five picks. That's a lot. Three picks. That's a lot. Yeah, two twos and a three. We, the first round is out. The, 
the category. Like, you're not getting the first round. That's wild. Look at Ty shaking his head, though. This is what the internet, the Packers fans on the internet. They need to. They are going to be so pissed. Yeah, but the Packers have no leverage. No, don't even say it. You see what the GM come out and say, hey, look, we're we're ready to move on. And it's it's a fascinating thing because Gunta Kuntz, listening to him speak, I actually, I like the way he sat in the pocket Mm -hmm. and took it. Oh, yeah. I think it's one of the first times I've heard him really speak about the situation they've always decided to not say anything other than through emails to uh fans and everything like that yeah. they've kind of stayed away from it a little bit i think personally i might have missed some stuff potentially happens a lot of stuff comes through the internet although i try to see it all i like the way he sat in the pocket but it was very clear that they're both moving on yeah. so when you shake your head whenever packs like you're not going to get the one because you got no leverage are you just saying because you feel like just in good faith and good business, it's Aaron Rodgers. It should be a one. And for what he's going to be able to do to your program, the worth is worth. Like, why do you think that you guys are in a position to potentially kind of still manage the expectations of this trade? Yeah, no, I mean, it's le- leverage aside. Like, I don't give a shit who has the leverage. Like, it's Aaron Rodgers we're talking about here. Like, so as a fan, it's very tough to swallow. Like, when you're trading a first ballot Hall of Famer, a guy who's thrown 476 touchdowns for the franchise, like, Again, you know, yeah, two two the second round picks, like that's that's not bad. And I guess you kind of see it from the other side where it's like, hey, we don't know how much longer he's going to play because that's what's really getting me is like they're they're <laughs> it could end up just being one second round pick cuz like, well, we don't know how long he's going to play. And if he doesn't play for, you know, three more years, like we're going to we're going to need something in return to kind of compensate for all this. So like it has nothing to do what with What if he leverage. plays another 10 years? Just he goes over there, loves it so much. Oh my god. At least five. This is a blast. I think what that if, should be part of it, right? Like, yes. That's of course. What, that's There'll be what, all escalators I assume yeah. on draft picks going forward. And that's another report that they're having trouble dealing with the escalators of it because obviously the Jets are like, "No, we're not going to give you a third round pick next year or the year after that could possibly be a first round pick because why would we do that?" Remember he told us, he said the plan was win the Super Bowl Go in the darkness. Tire. Sail off in the sunset. Good run. He was 90-10, he said. That's nuts. 90-10 back to retirement, to coming back and playing. Then he goes in darkness, comes out and says everything has changed. We have a clip from Guti uh, speaking yesterday about the conversations with Aaron. And it's fascinating the way he says it and what Aaron said. Because both could still be true, we think. And I think he's 100% right at the end. He's like, I had to do my job. Which, How we got there. Go ahead and let's run this from the league meetings. This is via Matt Schneidman, obviously legendary Packers blogger, journalist, reporter, mm-hmm. cover analyst. You know, as we got out of the offseason or after the season and we, we had a good conversation, um, and then you know, we're, we're going to have some follow-up conversations, and our inability to reach him or for him to respond in any way, I think at that point, then we just kind of had to, we had to, I had to do my job and kind of reach out and understanding that a trade could be possible uh, and see who was interested, but that shopping was never really part of that. So, so when you gave him that contract extension, you've said publicly your intention was for him to not just play last season, to play beyond that. At what point did it shift to, okay, we need to move on? Yeah, I think so. I think obviously it was a disappointing season, right? And you come out of the season, you have a lot of conversations not only there, but with uh, the rest of the team, coaches, and everybody. And as you go through that process, you kind of get an idea of where you're going to move to, mm. you know, as a team, how you're going to go forward. And I think I was really looking forward to the conversations with Aaron to see how he fit into that. Uh, those never transpired, so I, you know, there, there came a time where we kind of had to we had to make some you know decisions. So we went through his representatives to try to kind of talk to him where we were going with our team. And at that point. Um, you know, they informed us they would like to, to be traded to the Jets. But, but you just said you, you did try and reach out to have those conversations, <laughs> oh, yeah, is what you said. Okay. 
Okay, so great hair, first of all, Goody. Yeah. yeah, I did not mm-hmm. know Goody had great hair. I thought it was uh, when I saw it. I said, oh, I didn't know. I didn't even fucking know because normally sitting down, I think we mm-hmm. don't really get a chance to see him. Great stone backdrop there. Him addressing the entire situation about you know trying to reach out and then having conversations with coaches and what direction of the team, how he could fit in. Like the way you worded it, I'm interested to hear how Aaron took all those things that were potentially being said, and then him saying like. And this is, he's got to do what he's got to fucking do. We all know his position. Like, he drafted Jordan Love to be his guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is his world. Like, it could all work out in the end. What if he did reach out to him whenever Aaron was in that darkness? Like, it was impossible to get a hold of the guy. We reach out to his representatives. They couldn't get a hold of him. Fucking nobody could get a hold of him while we tried to do it. And at that point, we had to do our job. There's no way that's how this transpired, right? No way. No way. No, no way. Now, I will say also. I don't know if Aaron is the the easiest human being to just get a hold of mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Now, I don't know what it's like for, like, Goody and business situations, but he is a guy who is on the record said, like, I like check out. Like, he will put his phone down, go read a book. Yes. He will go, like, for a day. Like, this isn't, like, an hour or two. Like, that's the type of human he is. There's no way he's talking about just in the dark. And I'm interested, I'm interested to hear, you know, Aaron's take on this. I don't know if we'll get a bicker, which I don't think any of us want to be a part of, about, well, let me answer that. Let yeah. me answer that. But I'm happy Guti got to answer what Aaron said, and I'm intrigued to kind of see where the truth actually lies in their back. Um, if you go back and listen to his conversation, he said he contacted the agent, and then the agent, he couldn't get in contact with him. Then the agent all of a sudden called him back and told him that he wanted to be traded to the Jets. That don't even make sense. He obviously he had a conversation with the fucking agent. Hey, we're going a different fucking way. <laughs> Um, maybe Aaron came out the darkness and said, okay, I want to go to the Jets. Because he already said it on the show that two years, if you don't make MVP the last two years, you know, they was already talking they about what moved they were going to Jordan do. Already. Well, yeah, he, he said that it was the feeling, the writing was on the wall, which it was for all of yeah. us, which is why Ty Schmidt has that moment of Mad Mel Kuyper literally on draft night as Jordan Love got drafted where you said, uh, God damn it. One of the greatest moments we've ever yeah. had. His hair, as per draft spectacular mm-hmm. yeah. norm, grown out long, blow dry hairspray, as if Mel Kuyper's mm-hmm. helmet has been placed onto your head. Mm-hmm. And that thing shaking yeah. as you were genuinely pissed off about being able to see all this pretty much. Now, we thought this, just like Aaron, and I assume this would happen a couple years ago. Like this was the turnover was going to happen much quicker. Because he played MVP for two years uh, and was so damn dominant while he was playing in a brand new system, which he has described as vastly different than the one that utilizes like his talents. This one, he said, I believe he said a robot could do it. Or yeah, yes. or it was like a monkey or like a gorilla. Yeah, a robot could do this mm-hmm. one. Like, hey, on the snap, this happens. This happens. Like, there's not a lot of thinking in this particular offense. First season, he had a down year in Lafleur's offensive system, right? 25 and like two or something. Yeah. yeah. NFC Championship still, right? 25 mm-hmm. touchdowns, two interceptions. This guy stinks. He's <laughs> lost it or whatever. Then the next year he comes back and it's fucking like 38 or 37 or something. I forget. Yeah, it. one of them was like 41 and five or. So, in that system, which. though. Yeah. Like, exactly. Just had to learn a new system, had to do it. So as they were watching this all unfold and Aaron just adapting to this much different style of football with a backup that was drafted to be his replacement with, if you think about how people probably assume Aaron's going to be, oh, he'll just, this guy will just want to get out of here. We'll be able to do this. Now here we are sitting at that moment of it all kind of coming to fruition. So it's interesting just to chat about the small uh, stuff because I think like 
Aaron has alluded to it as well, where he said, like, it felt that way. And Goot, obviously, drafting the quarterback, kind of hinted at this being mm-hmm. the case. Yes. What are all their interactions have been like the last couple of years, you think? Like, everyone around the building. Hey, we got to put them in. We got to put them in. Yeah, you think Goody's thinking they're saying that to the coaches. Yeah, we got to put them in. It's our investment. Yeah, like, that's his thought. That's a general manager's thought. And that's Pac-Man, who was in the NFL for 14 years yeah. in three different buildings. Yeah. Three different buildings, bunch of different front. Like, any player you hear talk about it, it's like, hey, this was just writing on the wall. This is how it was going to go. But now we're kind of at the point where it's all coming to a head. Those day-to-day interactions between Aaron and Goody. What were those like, you know? So bad. I genuinely wonder what those were like the last few years. It had to be awkward. Yeah, for sure. But I assume they, I mean, from where we were a couple off seasons ago when, you know, and like right after the draft, like I think things definitely did get better because I think if they would have been as bad as they were, now it doesn't mean these guys are buddy-buddy and they, you know, love each other. It's a business relationship. But I think things did get better because I, like I know me specifically, like you, when he signed that new contract, I think you always knew like, hey, this doesn't for sure mean that he's going to play, you know, three more years or play out through the end of this contract. But I think part of me was like, oh, okay, good. He's going to retire a Packer for sure. And then, you know, yeah, last year it's tough because there are a lot of what ifs. It's like if they even make it to the playoffs, like if they beat Detroit in that last game and go to the playoffs, is he still the starter this year? You know, so it like just the way everything kind of broke broke down sucks. But I mean. Midway through the season, I think you could start to see the writing on the wall. Like, oh, okay, this is this might be the last dance. Yeah, which is a shame, you know. But eventually, he got a play, you know. Um, for sure, I, I had a situation when I got paid three for thirty in Cincinnati, and they drafted, I think, uh, Dark Quiz the year before. Then they drafted Dre uh, Kirkpatrick, mm-hmm. and then they drafted uh, uh, Will Jackson. Um, but they had to play. Like Will wasn't the best guy on the field but he was a first round draft pick eventually the younger guys got to play like that's just how it go like no matter what they say uh nothing is for all i mean uh what not for it? long yeah not for long or nothing is for all the time i mean all the time for nothing whatever I'm yeah say. got it now but yeah um you're talking about the nfl not for long yeah not for long but it's another saying i was trying to say but anyway like they gotta play <laughs> yeah yeah they gotta play because you gotta see it the gm already got so much invested in them and if they don't play it make the gm look bad yes the gm has to swallow a mighty large pride bullet mm-hmm. if yeah. their first round because you got to remember there was how many people were involved in first round draft pick? How many scouts? How many investment from ownership? Mm-hmm. Every, all eyes. Everybody's talking about the first round draft pick. This is the future of your franchise. This is going to be your program. And if that person ends up being a bust, that is on that GM. If that person never gets an opportunity to play in the regime that the GM drafted them, like that's on the GM as well. Like what could have been is 100% on G. So it's just the way the business has always been, especially when there's turnover. Yes. You know, when there's turnover and it's like a brand new GM, it's almost, and this kind of happens in all the businesses, like not just the NFL. If there's a new person in charge, that person, if they have actual say, that person has a different vision on how something should be run. That's probably why they got the job that they currently got their vision. So they get to execute their vision for the first time. Like they're going to do that. And that happens in the NFL on a very regular occasion because it's fucking hard to win in the NFL. And if you don't win, people get fired or people move on. That's just how it is. So it's a lot of turnover, a lot of different uh, opinions and thoughts, and it's all kind of expected. Which leads us to the point, just get the fucking trade done. We yeah, all, like right. Joe Douglas knows this too. Mm-hmm. Like Joe Douglas is sitting on the other side. Big like, hey, son of a bitch. Like, 
massive fucking Huge. Guy. That photo, man. He was a... Boss. He was a commercial fridge yes. yesterday yeah. in that fucking photo, uh -huh. the GM's photo. Standing up, big, bald head. He knows where Goody is. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Goody, I know exactly where you are right now. You have to play this Jordan Love guy. Have to. Uh -huh. yeah. If he goes through a whole contract or gets traded, this guy that you traded up, pissed off Aaron Rodgers for, had didn't even see the field near I know you have to play him. You've also publicly come out and said, like, yeah, me and Aaron don't like each other. Like, mm -hmm. we have moved on pretty much. Mm -hmm. He said it. They said it. Joe Douglas is just going to use that, obviously, in the conversation. But at what point are they able to meet in the middle? And I think that's the big question that we kind of have to take away. Everybody understands the situation everybody's in. Everybody understands exactly why Goody has to act the way he's acting. Everybody understands exactly why Aaron feels the way he feels. He was just pushed out pretty much. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to happen years ago. Now it's happening at this point because they had one bad year where they were still one game away from making the playoffs. So it's just... Let's get the deal done. Yeah. But cool. I did like the way Guti's hair looked. And I thought he was super cool in the pocket mm -hmm. while I was getting asked very difficult questions. Yeah, I thought he kind of more so looked like a uh, pissed off like little league coach who takes it too seriously. But that's just my perspective on Guti. Yeah, uh, sport coat on. What, looking at there. Any uh, open Yeah, exactly. Down. Exactly what he would be traveling in if they were heading to Williamsport. But when you're looking strictly at what that their relationship. That guy coaching little league baseball where I'm from. Oh, that guy, no. That's no, the one. No. There is. That, we need. A, you need at least two yeah. to three tins mm -hmm. cut off on both sides. Cut off construction. Yeah, the bike tight shorts. Sure. Underneath. Mm -hmm. Shout out, Coach. Shout out, Coach Diggs. <laughs> yep. Shout out, actual yeah. Coach Diggs. That is who we're talking about. But I understand where you come from could be a little bit different. I can see what you're talking about. Yeah, but as far as the relationship goes, like, you know, going back to the God damn it, and then, you know, the one with Schefter with the breaking news during the Trey Lance draft, like, that was obviously the worst it's been. And I'm sure those couple years were bad. Going into this year, though, it felt like it was much better. Like, they were on the same page. And then obviously the year didn't go as as planned, but I bet Joe Douglas is looking at it from the other side of it. Like, hey, we just drafted a guy, and he's not the guy, and we had to do two years of that, and now we need to go and get you know Aaron Rodgers, and you're looking at the other side of it where the Packers drafted the guy, haven't seen him yet, and they have to play him. Yeah. Joe Douglas, though, I just going to piss some people off. He Terrible draft pick with Zach, right? <laughs> That's what we're saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. By all counts so far. He followed it up with a great draft. But right now, yeah. he has a chance to completely babyface yes. with his fan base, with the owner, mm -hmm. with everybody. So I guess that's what Guti's saying to him. Hey, you drafted Zach Wilson. You guys have stunk. Your fans are booing the guy that you, your fans were booing the guy that you drafted. So you need a new guy. Is that what Guti's probably saying to Joe Douglas, I guess, on the way back? And does that matter? I, I don't, especially with Lamar potentially available now. Yeah. I mean, I think both things are definitely true. Like, cause to your point about what, Joe Douglas is saying to Goody, like, it's different than drafting a quarterback. Like, it's different than drafting Zach Wilson, the third or fourth overall, and having him be a bust because they traded up to get Jordan Love. And if he's not any good, like, that, that's a year removed from an NFC championship. Like, you effectively closed your Super Bowl window on a, you know, and it's not the same thing as like, you suck. Real deal. Couple holes need to be oh, filled. Yeah. Team back, offense back, everything back. We're on a run next year. Exactly. So, like, they need to see him play. It's much different than drafting Zach Wilson when the Jets sucked anyway. It's like, oh, this guy's a bust. You know, we're right back in that same cycle. Like, that situation is completely different because it's like, like if Jordan Love doesn't pan out, then it is like, 
you know, everyone's going to point to that and say, hey, you remember that draft when, you know, we're a receiver, or a linebacker, or whatever, you know, you want to call it away from going back to the Super Bowl. And- 180 yards before contact on the ground that game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Yeah. Nine passes thrown? The Niners? Yeah, eight or nine? Eight. Yeah, I, don't, I know. Because that was held against Jimmy. Single yes. That, that game was held against Jimmy. So not only, not only did it expose some things on the Green Bay Packers roster, they could have been – Effectively changed, could have mm-hmm. potentially for another year, but also like Jimmy G started. They only had to throw the ball nine times. They win yeah. in the NFC Championship mm-hmm. game. Almost he started getting buried. Jimmy sucks because how dominant the Niners run game was, which is fascinating. Because then just a few months later, you move up and take a quarterback, and that's why I think a lot of us said like, "Is Guti really? I mean, what are we we're trying to win a fucking Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Is that not what we're trying to do every single year? What if they ah?" So many what ifs. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And that that's the part that kind of like breaks your heart the most is like, you know, again, Jordan Love, I think he will be I think he will be good and I'm excited to watch him play, but it is just like, you know, if, if he's not great or if he's not even if he's not Rogers, it's like you look at it like he's God locked. damn. Jordan Love's yeah. in a tough spot. Yeah, and Matt LaFleur said yesterday or today, like, hey, we need to temper our expectations on Jordan Love, and that is not something you want to hear. Uh reading between the lines on maybe what Gucci's angle is is What's uh, the angle? Sala and um uh, GM, sorry, Joe Douglas are basically talking like, hey, we have all the time in the world. Like Salah said, hey, I mean, he's guys worked with this OC before. We got plenty of time. He doesn't need to to learn the playbook or anything like that. So it feels like Gucci's angle me, but like, hey, let's get this done. Let's get this guy in your building or whatever. But I also like that Joe Douglas said, yeah, Lamar Jackson's a great player, but that'd be in bad faith if we then if we turned right now to Lamar Jackson. Oh, look at that, huh? Mm. They're figuring it out. They're going to make it happen. Let's go to Lamar Jackson, though, Pac, if you don't mind, because we didn't get a chance to chat with you yesterday. Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson Entertainment <laughs> uh, put out a mm-hmm. tweet, a letter to his fans yesterday, basically saying, hey, March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens. Obviously, March 7th at 4 p.m., they put the uh, non-exclusive franchise tag on them. They have not been able to gain any ground at all. And I think this is the first time the entire league heard that Lamar Jackson wanted out of there and was potentially, we don't know, he did not say this, but maybe thinking about sitting out, which is a lot of leverage that another team could potentially use to get a deal done to make Lamar Jackson their quarterback. For instance, the Indianapolis Colts. Pack your thought on Lamar Jackson's tweets yesterday, the timing of them while Harbaugh was speaking to the media and also everybody else is around at the NFL League meetings. What are your thoughts on this move from Lamar Jackson? I was saying nothing is forever earlier. That was what I was trying to think. I don't understand this. We already know this shit. We already know that he don't want to be there. I thought I already knew that because obviously if he wanted to be there, um, he would be there. Um, he, he got franchised. If, if he wanted to be there, he would be there when it's time to be there and try to see if he can work it out. I don't. I don't think requesting a trade though. I think but is I, like the first time we heard it. This is the first time we heard it. Yeah, but yeah. At some point, man, you gotta you gotta go and get you some 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 high some higher power. You gotta go and get you some representation. Um, this this just not going like it should be going. Um, it'd be different if it was going in, in the speed of your trial, but this is taking too long and it just don't look good. Yeah, I think it's all very interesting. A lot of people took it as, I think Dan Orlovsky said that Harbaugh should be pissed about the timing of the tweet because Harbaugh was literally sitting down middle of his conversation. He had answered two questions. Those tweets come out, and obviously every single person in the media luncheon thing at the league meetings goes directly to Harbaugh. Harbaugh kind of blindsided by it becoming public information and saying, oh, that was private, that was private, that was private. I think him announcing that he requested a trade is a bigger deal. I think it does potentially ruffle you know, some feathers, mm-hmm. maybe move some people around to want to make a play. But who said it yesterday that maybe 
people will wait to see if they miss out on the draft and then make a play for Lamar. Kiefer, I think. Zach Kiefer. Is that what he, is yeah. that what he said about mm-hmm. the Colts, yeah. right? Right. Because we're sitting at four. So who knows how the quarterback thing is going to shape up? Like, who knows what's going to happen in one, what's going to happen in two, what's going to happen in three. Is somebody going to move up to three to take a quarterback ahead of the Colts? Will the Colts have to negotiate with the Cardinals and also anybody else that's trying to get up to three to move up one spot? We have to give it too much, what Chris Ballard would not do. Or is there a chance that the quarterback that Chris Ballard likes is still available at four? He has a good sense on what the other two teams or three teams are going to do. I'm not 100% sure. And then if we aren't able to get somebody, then maybe Lamar Jackson's still sitting there on the other side of the draft that was kind of presented as an option as well and I'm sure we're not the only team that is potentially thinking about that if Lamar's out there so who knows what the timeline is Mike Tannenbaum is that what you're gonna bring up yeah yeah yeah. as I was bringing up the draft there with the Colts (laughs) Tone started squirming in his seat over there Mm -hmm. what did Tannenbaum (laughs) say Tone uh Colts are gonna uh trade up to take Will Anderson at three they're not gonna trade up to take quarterback it's gonna go uh Bryce Young and then C.J. Stroud, okay. Colts are going to trade up uh, to take Will Anderson. They flip with the Cardinals, who I believe are going to take Will Levis. Correct. And okay. then five, the Seahawks got him. So I just assumed because I thought that was somebody taking their graph out of graphic out of context, but that actually came from the Get Up Twitter account. Oh yeah, correct. They're like, hey, this is the case because I thought you would have to set the pretense of Colts are getting Lamar Jackson. So then they already yeah, they're that, moving okay. up to yeah. get that whole thing. Best player available, Will Anderson or whatever. But I didn't see that in the tweet, and I did not watch the show. I so I looked at that graphic, and I said, what do you know? Tannenbaum's got no fucking idea what's going on. Cardinals yeah. are out on Kyler, too. I would like to let everybody know, though, I like Tannenbaum. We like Tannenbaum as yeah, a person. Yeah. Some of the things he says in the microphone, though, we go, how'd that guy get a GM job? Yeah, what the hell? How'd that guy get a GM How'd he get a GM job? Different, different era. Different football. Sure. Tannenbaum keeps swinging, and maybe he's right. Fuck. All these things could be right. Mm -hmm. We have no idea. Maybe. That's the game that we live in, uh, the world that we live in, the game that we play. Joining us now is a man who just joined us yesterday. So almost uh, a little bit too much of this guy. Almost. For sure. But the more of this man, the merrier. Because you can't spell comedian without spelling his first name. Mm-hmm. He's the host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being a friends, he being Rap Sheet. He's the NFL's senior insider for their network, their website, and their streaming service, NFL Plus. Hosts of the insiders alongside Garofolo and Pelissero mm-hmm. on all podcast networks. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who's riding horses with Joe Molnaro. Mm-hmm. What's up, dude? What's up? Had to take Going me on. away to bring me back there for a second. Just wanted to let you know. It's great to see you, pal. Is this the same hallway you called from yesterday? Can we expect the same exact thing? Sausage being delivered past mm-hmm. you here in about yep. a minute and a half, two minutes or so? Um, yeah, I mean, former, the former sausage, it's all they – so we had the NFC breakfast this morning. Uh, we talked to coaches for about a half hour. kind of interesting on some topics, I would say. And then the media eats, and the coaches do actual work, which is basically just sitting in conference room, half paying attention, probably looking at film. Um, and then we do some TV after that. Okay, so I like the fact that the coaches are half paying attention watching film. They have to show face. Heard uh, Dayball this morning tell a writer who had very important writer's meeting to get to as well. We have a meeting to get to, too, uh, Actually, we saw this kind of unfold here. Here's Dayball from, uh, I believe, the media. Is it a media brunch, media breakfast? What is it? Yeah, it's they call it a breakfast, but nobody eats. Yes. Okay, so just a press conference at a eating at spot. press conference mm-hmm. at tables 
during the time of breakfast, oh. but not actually breakfast. With no real setup either, so people are caught in the back of him at all times looking yeah. uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. Shout out Mark Caboli joining us in the next hour. Here's uh, Dayball kind of starting his media press conference from a luncheon area. You want to just go around like this? Because I'm, I'm going to be here until 8, 8, 15, 59. <laughs> no, I, I swear, I got this owner's meeting. I'm not going to be late for that one. We have writers' meetings too, so we have to we have to go also. So, um, okay. Um, you, so you don't want to go this way? No. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay. I don't want to be last. Okay. Okay. So writers' meetings, obviously, deadlines are very important. I mean, I wish Dayball in his eyes. You saw him go. Should I bury this fucking guy right yeah, now? It's close. Should I? And he did not. So shout out to Dayball. Yeah. A little good, bit Dave. of restraint. Showing a little bit of restraint. He just went with the high road, you know. Said. Writers are taking. Taking that down. No, no, I'm good. Hold on. I'm. I think I'm gonna switch Wi-Fi's. I think I'm gonna switch Wi-Fi's. <laughs> this is annoying. Hi guys, I'm back. We got me now. Oh great, the show is over without you. Jeez. I mean, geez, <laughs> have you switched to Wi-Fi? Are you on a Wi-Fi? Or are you on the outer layer? Of- Seems like it. Just go to service. Yeah. Just click at the service. Come on, turn off the, turn off the thing, dude. <laughs> It's right next to the Bluetooth thing. Come on, rap. That is something we got to figure out as we go into the full Wi-Fi world. Yeah. There should be some sort of natural transition from your Wi-Fi that you're on to the outside service. Yeah, simple. Yeah, because yeah. everybody outside of their house, out of their business, out of the area in which they're connected to the Wi-Fi, there's always that moment of fuckery mm-hmm. where you lose everything. It's like, it shouldn't be this way. Is, no. my, is this not a smartphone? Oof. Fucking figure it out. Are we not smart enough to realize that the one service is going down, the other's getting strong? Because I see them both up there. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. I see them both up there. Can we not just do a fucking clean handoff, a nice clean exchange to the more powerful one? What are our smartphones doing? How smart are these things? I'm supposed to be worried about AI. These fuckers can't even figure out where the service is supposed to be. I ain't worried about nothing. We were also sold a false bill of goods on how much you know 5G wires they were putting down. It's bullshit. 5G is not good anywhere. They said they laid more cables, you know, in big cities and everywhere across the Midwest. It's a bunch of horse shit. It never works anywhere you go. It's, I mean, it's a real issue. They do those maps. They're like, if you're in the pink, you're covered, and it's like the whole fucking world except for North Korea is covered. It's like, so nobody ever loses service? It still doesn't work. How does that even work? Why isn't there Wi-Fi in every telephone pole, too? Now that we're talking about it. Why isn't there? You tell me. Why, why, why are we doing the Starlink thing now? Everybody's just doing the Starlink. It's coming from space. Yeah. Yeah. 30 bucks a month. All right, sweet. Joining us now is a man that does not have Starlink or internet service. We hope it is just on good coverage out there in the middle of the desert, Arizona. Mm-hmm. At the league meetings, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rapport. I I signed back into the Wi-Fi. We are good. It was a little bit of a snafu, but we're great. Okay, you did. Fin- Thank you for being a professional. Let's go, Rap. I forget completely where we were. It was Dayball talking to the one writer about the I got writers deadlines. Shout out, no, but to, shout out to Dayball not burying that writer. You know because easy it, question it is, is what it do is you interesting. Go ahead, pal. Go ahead. No, as you say, it is interesting because like you know the season is stressful and reporters are seeing coaches every day and there's a lot of you know it's there's a lot of things they have to ask about. Some coaches don't want and then you, know, you go through free agency and that's stressful and then you get to this time and everyone's chill. Everyone's zero and zero. Everyone got everyone they wanted in free agency. Giants got their quarterback signed. So, like, you, I thought that was, like, actually kind of a cool clip because it did show what it is like around here, which is coaches and reporters being kind of like normal people before it all ramps up again. Like, it's a very 
relaxed collegial atmosphere for a couple of days in Arizona. There goes the sausage. We knew it would. Shout out to that uh, hotel being on yep. it. Yeah, well done. Uh, you thought that was a normal human moment. I thought that was like a, uh, like a, like a, hey, this guy, what, you know, what is this guy? You didn't think that? Fuck off. You didn't get that from that thing? I mean, I mean, but, but like, that's what, I mean, a half of the, You've been in the locker room far more than anyone on set. Obviously, I've been in the locker room, but a lot of the guys you're, you know, you're on set with right now have not. Um, Yikes! Interesting. And fourteen years. You know, that's kind of what that's kind of what it's like. I mean, that was to me that was a friendly a friendly banter moment rather than a I'm going to murder this guy moment. All right, sweet. Doesn't have to be the topic of conversation. We just want to let everybody know we love fucking Dayball. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like not actually. I said that wrong. There's a uh, there should have been a comment. We we love. We love. Fucking mother, fucking day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not you get it. I love the guy. Adjective, not a verb. Boom. 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 Learn the English language. That'd be fun. Anyways, uh, let's dive into it. What did you learn from the NFC meetings? We've been hearing a lot from the Packers. Obviously, Guti talked uh, yesterday to the media a lot. Addressed Aaron Rodgers how he tried to reach out to him, tried to uh, uh, reach out to his representatives, wasn't able to do so. Had to do my job. Had to move on. New era. Okay, everybody's in the same picture. Is that what everybody's talking about today in the NFC side? Lafleur and what's going on with the Packers, or what else is popping off over there at that lunch? Uh, two things for me. One, it was, yeah, LaFleur talking for the first time, you know, took the high road, nothing but love for Aaron, as he should. I mean, it was a very, very, very successful partnership. Basically said his only regret is that they didn't win the Super Bowl, um, you know, which I think makes sense. Um, talked about, I'd say a lot of positivity about Jordan Love, but it was also pretty real because he was like, we don't know. Like, they're optimistic. They think he's going to be good. But he's not going to play to the level of Aaron, at least not next year. I think he was pretty clear. They know that. Um, and until the lights come on, until you, mm-hmm. yeah. But also, like, it's true because we like we have seen Jordan Love in like the sliver, like the very smallest little bit, a couple plays last year, and that was it. So like, they like what they've seen behind the scenes, but they don't truly know. The other thing I thought was interesting was, you know, the 49ers have been very optimistic about Brock Purdy coming back, should be ready for the season, should be ready for the season. Oh. Kyle Shannon kind of went through the timeline and was like, yeah, you know, after, you know, three months out from surgery, we'll find out if it's like six months or if it's like eight months. And I was like, oh, like hmm. that's a big difference. Yeah, because the one is what, full Tommy, the other one is like uh... – like a helped Tommy almost, mm-hmm. like a supportive Tommy John thing. I thought we knew the answer before they went in there, but it is nice to hear him say, like, at the 12-week mark, we'll be able to decide which way this is going to go. Anywhere from week one to week four, I heard projections. Yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know that was the case. What does that mean for them? What does that mean for the San Francisco 49ers, Trey Lance time? I honestly didn't know that was the case either. And, and you know, you you know these are like half-hour sort of interviews, and you go from topic to topic. And I heard that, and I'm like, that's kind of new. And, you know, Shanahan has no, like, he just kind of says what he thinks all the time, which is why he's a great interview. Um, and that was, I thought that was pretty real. To me, it seemed more like Sam Darnold time, maybe to start the season, Whoa. than it would be Trey Lance time. That's Whoa. what it felt like to me. Bro, you remember Sam Darnold down in Carolina there? He was dealing. He was. And with that Niners offense, it's just... Yeah. Right, yeah. everything right on the spot. He, he can move. A little Just need to be a robot, right? Didn't know what it is. What does that mean for Trey Lance, though? I mean, that, wow. I'm not diving into that right yeah. now. It's not my job, but that is uh, that's a fascinating take there. And if Sam Darnold gets that job and they do well, Purdy obviously 
What happens with Purdy when he yeah. comes? Does he step back in? Yeah. Oh, is he the backup or is Trey Lance backup? backup? It's Purdy job. Purdy can't lose the job. Trey, yes, you definitely can. That is that has certainly happened in the NFL. Seen more of Jordan Love than we have Trey Lance too. Jordan Love did a Christian Watson ball was incredible. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance, he got hurt what yeah. week three? Yeah, he had the Bears game where it was a monsoon. Boom. Then he had the Texans game on prime on television, right? Squeak one by, but he missed. It was like a bad right. But that was like his first game because the Bears game. Yeah. Throw it out the window. Wasn't a real game. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. weather was so terrible. Broke his leg. Jimmy G. And then he broke his leg. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't seen but, it. Is he going to be back? What's what's up with Trey Lance? I mean, he's going to be there. He's going to be taking reps. He's going to be competing in, in training camp. And, like, one of the things that I think the Jordan Love situation, I hope taught us, but who really knows, is we don't know anything about these young quarterbacks until they get at least a couple years. Like, not everyone is Patrick Mahomes. Not everyone is Justin Herbert who can just roll out there in year two and, and just be a baller. Both those guys. So, Patrick Mahomes yeah. sat for a year. Um, Justin Herbert hasn't made, didn't make the playoffs for the first bunch of years. You're 100% right. It takes some time to find out if it guys. Do you have it or not? Does Goody have it? Does Goody and them have it in uh, Green Bay if Jordan Love struggles for a year or two? I mean, hopefully that the rest of the team is, is good enough to where they can kind of keep him – afloat and let him manage the game as he kind of gets into it and becomes more of the the sort of starting quarterback and whatever. But, like, they think Jordan Love is going to be good. They are cautiously optimistic. But you're right. Like, there is a possibility that he goes out there and it's not what they think. Like, that, there are a couple of those every year. I mean, I'm listening to Ron Rivera. I'm listening to Arthur Smith. And they're talking about quarterbacks who have – some traits and some moments, but have not proven a lot. And those guys are starting quarterbacks. Like, there's a lot of intrigue and a lot of places where I'm like, I do not know which way it's going to go. Ron Rivera, noted Big Bang Theory guy. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah Big Bang know, Theory guy. Good show. Yeah, that was well, not. Bet you but, love it. Jesus Christ. Pac Man <laughs> has a question for you, Rep. I, I got a two part question right here. I heard you say it's really, really. Hold on, Pac Man. Let me stop you for a second. I went to your restaurant in Cincy, the kind of wing place. I thought I, it was very good. I appreciate it. Hey, that's a baby restaurant. I appreciate it, man. I like that picture, too. I got a two-part question right here. What? Um, what, what, what's the picture? Hey, what photo? Yeah, he posted a picture when he was eating the wings, bro. Oh, good oh, marketing. Hey, thank right. you, Rap. Yeah. Thank you, Rap. Thank you, Rap. Watching Big Bang Theory. But um, this is my question right here. You said it's very relaxing around there. Um, Yesterday, I thought the – tweet that Lamar did was premeditated so I wanted to see what was the temperature around the Baltimore staff with that and D Hopkins um AZ um general manager just came out saying that it's okay for D Hopkins to seek a trade have you heard anything about that uh so two things yes I would say the Lamar thing you know as everyone's walking from meeting to meeting and you sort of have these casual conversations the Lamar thing was the topic yesterday and you're right like it wasn't just like oh let's talk about Lamar again it was the fact that he did it as Harbaugh was sitting down, ready to talk to reporters, had prepared all this stuff, got ready for every question, and then it's like, boom, trade request is now public, and he had to react in, in real time. And I would say you know, that situation was certainly something that everybody was talking about. It amped it up a little bit. It, it really amped it up a little bit. Um, uh, so that's one thing. The DeAndre Hopkins situation, you know, because he doesn't have an agent um, – he has to do a lot of that himself. So, you know, I think the Cardinals have entertained some calls. They've had some calls, but um, Hopkins does have permission to go out and say, like, you know, is this a spot for me? And what would my contract look like? Because he's going to get a new contract, an adjusted contract, 
probably wherever he goes. So he has to be part of those conversations to make sure it's a proper fit. So D-Hop is working right now, you think, is what you're hearing from people? And is there anybody else in the race yes. that we haven't heard already? Because uh, our source says have said that uh, Patriots potentially in, uh, Falcons potentially in, Ravens potentially in, Raiders potentially in, but... Buffalo Soldier definitely in. Is that what you're hearing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think some of those teams I'm, I'm definitely hearing. Some of them I have not. Like, I would be, um, you know, Raiders, I would be a little surprised um, just because they, you know, they, they have a big money receiver. Obviously, they, they don't have water. But, like, it's, you know, probably $11, 12 $13 million salary. I'm not sure that's something the Raiders would do. Some of the others, like, I wonder if you, know, you look at DeAndre Hopkins, where he's at in his career, he still can be very, very, very good, like high-level receiver. Is he the final piece of like a really good team? You know, like I don't – I think the Jets see more about Odell than him, but like a team like that, a team like Kansas City, a team like Baltimore if they get Lamar back. Um, you know, those are like the final piece of a really good team. That's kind of where I see him fitting in. And we have heard from similar source – Says, I think, right, that he would be willing to rework his contract. Obviously, he just wants to fucking win, I think, is what our source says. That is what we have been told. Who knows what's going to take place with that. We're excited to see where D-Hop ends up. Probably before the draft, we'd assume all these things are before the draft, huh? Because draft capital is involved in all this? Yeah, I think draft week will be like, you know, obviously the, the draft is the focus, but like there is going to be a significant number of non-draft topics like the Rogers stuff. I don't know if there'll be a Lamar thing, but if a team is going to do something, like it would be before right before the draft. Hopkins, like it'll be I'll I'll be I'll be on my toes in Kansas City despite being smothered in barbecue sauce and ribs. Oh okay and and barbecue sauce and ribs and everything. Well yeah I mean it kind of goes together. Yeah of course how can you have ribs without having some berries barbecue without the berries that's right. I don't think I'm going to do any time on it. Uh, Tone has a question about Lamar I do believe. Yeah I saw a tweet from Stephen Holder I believe is he out of Indy? Is that correct? Um, He said regardless of what the Colts or anyone else might love about Lamar the very clear stance from people here at the owners' meetings I've talked to, is that whatever contract demands he's currently making are absolutely a non-starter. Do you know what that means by any chance? What contract demands is Lamar making? And what are you hearing? First of all, I have not heard that there are contract demands for Lamar Jackson. I think people think that he wants a fully guaranteed deal. I do not believe that he wants a fully guaranteed deal. I'm sorry. I do not believe that he only wants a fully guaranteed deal. He wants a lot of fully guaranteed money. So, like, if it's a five-year deal, it's not like he would say, like, oh, I must have $250 million fully guaranteed. He just wants the full guarantee to be basically commensurate with his abilities, essentially. Um, Jim Irsay came out last night and said that fully guaranteed contracts are not good for the league. I believe that is what Stephen Holder is basing that comment on. And there's been, I know, some discussion, like, could the Colts do it? Could they, you know, like, if they were to do it, it would probably be pick number four going to the Ravens, and they would get Lamar. I don't think it would be two first-rounders. Um, but if they're not willing to consider that amount of fully guaranteed money, like, how in it are they actually? Like, so I kind of, 
My takeaway was like, maybe the Colts aren't going to do it. Okay, so Jim said, as an owner, too. He prefaced that with saying, as an owner, I don't think fully guaranteed contracts are good for the league. Now, I think the reason why he's saying that from his standpoint is because that's how the owners have been for a long time. And I assume there's been a lot of cases where there's been guaranteed money given to somebody and they don't pan out. So the owners are always going to be a little bit cautious of giving money up front for things that they're not 100% sure are going to be able to pan out. But I don't think anything Lamar Jackson has said publicly has told us that he's expecting a fully guaranteed deal. He just said that the 133 was no fucking way. Like, I can't agree to this. I assume if you give him a large guarantee, he's going to be happy with it, knowing what the market has already told him and where it's at. Let's not be scaring Jim Irsay out of this. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> don't need it. Don't need. Don't well, need Hold it. on. Hold on. You'd rather have, just personally, as a Colts expert, you'd rather have Lamar and the money or pick number four. Get pick four out of my face. What? What are we talking about? Are you for real? Give me Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. It's 26. I don't think they realize if you get Lamar, that means you have to change the play calling. You nope. have to change the guys that it. you're Stike bringing it. in. We already got it. You have to, you, everything has to change. Like, it's not he's just right. he's a Personnel. plug in play. He is, though. Our entire offense is set up for him. We got Jonathan Taylor in the back. We got two tight ends that are both six foot seven. Yeah, that works. We have an offensive line, and Steichen was just with Jalen Hurts. We have an offensive coordinator that knows. Steichen, we do. We do, Pac. He's the Jalen Hurts' guy. It's a lot of change, and I don't know, man. Well, listen, the whole team could suck yet again. I mean, there is. <laughs> for sure. That is very – we have the number four overall pick. I mean, and that problem is – Problem one. That is a, a problem that we certainly could have. But it feels like we are literally the situation for it with the new offense that you're bringing in. If we had Frank Reich still, like anybody thinking about Carolina Panthers, like I don't think mm-hmm. that's necessarily yeah. a right fit. But like Steichen runs with Jalen Hurts, like feels like – that's a good easy transition. Uh, but also at four, we Jalen Hurts is a different quarterback than Lamar. Jalen Hurts so, is a pocket quarterback. Lamar is not a pocket quarterback. He he is building to be a pocket quarterback, but Jalen Hurts can sit in the pocket and just flat out throw the fucking ball. I don't know if I can say Lamar can do the same. Jalen can spin the fucking oh, shit. Yeah. Remember, that was like the conversation going yeah. into the year. Can Jalen throw well enough to be a Super Bowl quarterback? And then he just came out. That turns out. Long yep. drag crossing routes, just like right on the fucking money. He's yoked up. Lamar can do it. Hey, never had anybody yeah. throw the ball to. Yeah. It's a lot of money. But in this case, who gives a fuck? We have a team. We need them. You have somewhere to go right now? Uh, yeah, I got to do some TV in this lovely setting They're right over there. Also blurred got Andrew Siciliano and Judy Batista are waiting for Andy. me. Whoa, whoa. Uh, whoa, whoa. Tell Andy we said, uh, hello. And we'd, you know, you know, love to see him sometime. You know he's a good mean? guy. He's a good guy. Hope he's doing Would well. You? Sal Capaccio is right between you guys. He's pumped about it yesterday. Sal Capaccio was doing the yeah, show with you guys, I do believe. The. Was he? Maybe. Oh, What's your problem, You man? son of a bitch. <laughs> Ian, the commanders, I was watching. Commanders are going to be sold today or what? Uh, I do not think today. I don't get the sense anything is imminent either. To me, it feels more like the May meetings in Minnesota will be kind of like when all that is considered. But it's it's moving along. I mean, there's some, I believe, at least three bidders, possibly a fourth, but I know at least three. I think the price is going to be something that I believe Dan Snyder would be okay with. So it's moving along. I just don't get the sense it's imminent. Why was that guy recording Jim Irsay with his cell phone who's directly related to Dan Snyder? <laughs> what was that? I have many, many questions. I, I don't I, 
I saw that and I don't, I have no idea. That was really, that was very funny. All right, excellent. We appreciate you, Ian. Enjoy television. Thank you for reporting for us and try to stay off the booze, pal. Yeah, I appreciate the first two things. The last thing, we'll see about that. Atta baby! Connections, ladies and gentlemen, in Rapport. Tane and Bomb's on ESPN right now. Solo shot, ISO shot, wearing a suit and tie, breaking down Lamar Jackson and what he's doing and what he's up to. I'd love to hear that because remember, he said the Colts trading up to three, not taking a quarterback, taking Will Anderson outside pass right. So. Uh I have no idea what all this smoke is. So you're out on the mar, it sounds like, to the Colts. No, 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 I'm not out on it. I'm just saying, all right, do the Colts go and get Lamar, or do they try to build a future with the younger guy? So we don't have a future, though, because we've already paid everybody. Like, th- this is the – we're stuck in this, like, um, purgatory. Yeah. And, you know, Purgatory, pretty good movie. I think it's uh, I think it's a Western-style movie. Ooh. Uh, purgatory is a place – in between heaven and hell you go to and they try to figure it out and then it gets sent up or sent down and you kind of just we're in purgatory right now because we've given money at every position to pretty much every highest paid offensive line running back is going to get broken off offense uh d-line has been paid linebacker's been paid corner's been paid it's like literally every position but wide receiver basically has been Mm -hmm. paid pretty much at this point and jim mercy I don't think he's waiting for the future. Maybe he is, though. I don't know. Maybe Chris Ballard's able to build for the future. But all those contracts we currently have are going to potentially run out. I don't Yeah. yeah. just seems like a wasted era. Almost. I, I, I think that's why the quarterback, the veteran quarterback, has been happening so much is because the Colts feel like, hey, we're one quarterback away. Mm-hmm. We're one quarterback away. And now it's like, are we, do, are we doing that again? This time it's with Lamar. Vastly different than Phillip Rivers, who was 55 years old. Right. Yes. When he did it. At ankle weights, yep. Yep. He's 55 years old. Yeah. Carson Wentz, who forgot how to play. Post Carson guy. Wentz, and maybe he'll figure it out. Maybe uh, doesn't seem like that's the case, I don't but think so. that whole situation. And then Matt Ryan, I mean, he's like 55 years he's old. He's 100 as well. Yeah. So I think everybody's a little gunshot and being like, "Oh, we don't need another quarterback to come around and get the the seconds from somebody else." Yeah. It's like he's 26 or 27 years old, but it is, I guess, an alarming question that you're asking that I just thought we all assumed he could throw the ball really well because of how much better he got at it each year. I would love to have Lamar Jackson. I would go Absolutely. watch the games. The games would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Be exciting football. Can he stay healthy? I guess that's what everybody's asking as well. Yeah. Does he have a style of play that can stay healthy? But let's remember, last year, Marlon Humphrey said he was limping around. Yeah, no one knew. But they got an F-minus in the training room, mm-hmm. yeah, they, in the rehab. The and everything. They got everything <laughs> like that. So it's like, what's him? What's the Ravens? What is the system? And I think there was a tweet that said, like, in the last few years, this is the fourth homegrown Raven that has asked to be traded. Yes. And say, give me the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. So, like, what type of operation are they running over there? That what makes are players- they running over there? Well, I'm just saying, I, these are just things that are being reported about. I've never been in there. Everybody's got respect for Harbaugh. We all got respect for Harbaugh. But yeah. It's like, a lot of guys don't want to play there anymore. I, I don't know what the fuck that's all about. Well, and to Pac-Man's point, like, yeah, you do have to, you know, build your team around Lamar and... You know, they have to kind of change the system, but that's every team because there's no quarterback like Lamar. Like, if that's the stance on it, it's like, well, if you're interested in, you know, changing the face of your franchise and kind of changing the trajectory of where you're going, like, yeah, you're going to have to make a couple changes. And Steichen might be the guy. He is different from Jalen, but Steichen, I mean, how many tweaks can a guy make to an offense where it's like, okay, instead of, you know, having him in the pocket as much, we're moving him around. And when he is in the pocket, you're using a bunch of guys to block for him. A lot of storylines that are currently building and brewing in anticipation of our third, fourth, 
Fourth. Fourth. Fourth draft spectacular. Hell yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. We'll be watching alongside the first round of the NFL draft. Yep. In years past, the show has gone on for five and a half to six hours. Last That's year, right. though, pretty quick. quick. And this year, for the first time ever, only 31 picks. Yeah, because the Miami Dolphins cheated. Yep. Right? That's right, Ross. Because mm-hmm. they were tampering with Tom yeah, Brady, who is jocked. He is he yo. Is. Not as jocked as Julian Edelman. No. Julian no. Edelman is a actual human muscle. Yeah. I've never seen it. He is very jocked. Yoked up. Danny Amendola looks fantastic. Has a little drink on the beach. Yep. Tom Brady, though, shredded for the Edelman on the left. What a fucking animal this guy yeah, is. I'll have what he's had. Holy shit, Joel. And then look at Tom. Wow. Dude's 46 years old or something. Well, how old is this guy? Yeah, 46. 46. Yeah. Look at how jocked he is. Think about the pliability he has. Jocked. So jocked right there. Are you sure he's done? I don't know. That looks like he'd be he's, a beach champion. Yeah, he's yeah. spinning it right there. Who's the guy in the back there that was just in Gronk, obviously, living his I think best. it might be Gobbert. Yeah, I think it's Blaine. That's Blaine Gobbert? Yeah. It might be Gobbs. What a champion. Gobbs. Look, Tom posted that because look at Blaine. Okay, no offense. Blaine, great athlete, great quarterback. Yep. Spent a lot of money playing quarterback in the NFL for a long time. Look at how jocked fucking Tom Brady is in his photo. So Unbelievable. Yoked. Pac-Man, you think he's eating nerds and stuff like that? <laughs> I doubt if he's eating nerds. He does do that. You think he sticks with the avocado ice cream for the rest of his life? Yes. Do you hey. think so? Quarterback. He's a mark. Of course he will. TB12. How much? How much? Hat in the last 25 years, you know Bill Belichick said? When they said, hey, what do Bingo. you say to Patriots mm-hmm. fans who need a little optimism about the way things are going in New England? Bingo. He says, Fucking last 25 years, won't you yeah. suck it pretty much? Exactly. You know what those last 25 years had? Mm-hmm. That jocked fucking guy right there. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You see that guy? That jocked man right there. I see him. He brought you guys a lot of happiness. Yeah, and you know what? You know, people who are saying and doubting him, you know what I say to that? Because huh. that fucker just left us out to dry. Okay. That's <laughs> not how business works. We offered him two years, 60 million, but that won't get remembered. You didn't get many receivers? I mean, hey. We gr- we got AB. He just happened to turn out that AB was doing other shit. Okay, what was he doing? I don't know. I'm not getting into anything like that. I don't want to get sued. Those do happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. even if it's reported Try- for two years. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I get the break. <laughs> a lot yep. of people talking and reporting about it. A lot of people. A lot of very prominent people. Yeah, it's almost like one. I'll of those, say. Close your eyes and. Boom! I mean, we saw what happened with the food this weekend. Yeah. I would be the person that if they were to be throwing darts, saying, hey, who are we going to sue? I think I would be the person that would get him. Look at that big dumb fuck right there. Let's get him. Who's that guy? It's all right. I'm Bill Ford. Aren't I, Pac? Yes, you are. Damn right. Joining us now is another man who probably has some shit to say because his jawline was called sexy by Shaquille O'Neal. Model. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup champion. Yes, he won a golf tournament internationally, this fucking guy. He's a video game community shit stirrer, an NBA pundit, father of 10, and survived COVID multiple times. Damn. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest vacationer in history, A.J. Hawk. Yeah! A.J., how you doing, pal? What's up? It's fun seeing those, uh, you know, those kind of locker room interactions, like Ian said, between Dable and the media. It's fun to see those jocularity down there. They're really getting along. Oh, you thought that was uh, all positive? Yeah, I was wondering the same thing for me in there as he was like, it looked like it was super calm. I'm like, Dable. You get it, Pat. You've been in the locker room. You get it. 
Yeah, no, normal conversation. Yeah, nor- Dabo's eyes were a normal conversation mm. too. So I won't. Yeah. All right. So you you, that, that, you saw him do that. You literally saw him do that. Oh, your writers meeting. Huh? Okay. What what do you guys what do you guys write about? You guys write about the NFL. Okay. Well, the owner of that league. That's the one I have to go to. So there's a chain of command here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to dunk on you in this exact moment. But you know, it's called league meetings. We're all here. Your boss has sent you here. You know who the league is. Yeah. That is. Mm-hmm. I have to go to that. Mm, like, right. that is very vital. I got writer's meetings as well. It's like, okay, all right. We appreciate yeah. you. We respect and appreciate the fact that you view yourself that highly, which you should. You're probably incredible at what you do. But that look Dayball gave is a guy who said, I cracked open a beer at 11.32 a.m. yesterday. That's right. I had a sunburn because I went golfing on a couple of different courses on Sunday before these league meetings started. Mm-hmm. I've had to sit in so much nonsense and act like I'm watching film, and now I got you telling me that it – there's a chance that you would like to get a question so I can maybe be late for this. Fuck- no way, pal. Not Fuck off. off. That was in one look of the eyes. And then he said, all right, so you don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> we'll just get right to it. Dayball's living large, though. They've got a lot of things done. Other teams that haven't got anything done are definitely answering questions at these league meetings as well, AJ. Saw Goody talk. Saw the floor talk. What was your take on all of it? That was the first time I think I've seen Goody in that particular setting. Good hair. Sat in the pocket. Gave his side of the tail a little bit. Obviously, I think there's truth on both sides in this case. I think nobody's lying in it all, but going to have to piece through what the actual story is. What were your thoughts on what Goody said and how it all ends up aj i mean i i would assume i don't know maybe that spurs some more action i i saw that they claim that they're making progress towards the trade to get aaron to to new york but i is it a big deal what goody said like was that like groundbreaking stuff where people say oh my goodness like this is Aaron was lying, or what What are people saying? No, I think it just, like, uh, for Goody supporters, which there are many, and Packers supporters, which there are many, I have felt their wrath. It, I think for them, it was very nice to hear Goody say, I attempted to reach out to him, as opposed to potentially the doubt that was like, mm. did they really just kick him out the door? Because that's a tough thing to kind of support, I think, for anybody, no matter whose side you're on. So I think Goody's saying they tried to reach out multiple times. We had conversations with other people around the building about the direction of the team, wanted to talk to Aaron and tell him how he would fit in to those plans. I reached out to his representatives, and then they informed me he wanted to go to the Jets. That's kind of the gist of what Goody said. So I think he was kind of laying out a little bit of a defense, mm-hmm. like, hey, we had these conversations. It wasn't just like I'm the only one that's just deciding to do this. I think that's where it was. So I like that he answered him. I like that he stood in there and yeah. answered it. And, but you're right. I don't think it really changes much of a narrative at all at this particular standpoint. No, it's not going to change a whole lot. And just like everything else, like every relationship in the world and every partnership, communication is key, man. And if there's miscommunication or, hey, you think you're not – um, this side thinks they're not communicating. That side thinks they're not communicating. Like, all right, we got to figure something. Do you think there's a chance? We mentioned this in the first hour. Right. Not, obviously, we're doing this just as a joke. Okay, of course. This is just this little joke. Hey, this is just for chuckles. Yes. All right, just for chuckles and laughs. What if Gutekunst? Okay, I did not know that Aaron was going into the darkness. Okay, mm-hmm. somehow he has isolated himself. Yep. Almost into his own darkness. Okay. Away from the outside. Didn't even know Aaron was going into the darkness. Day one of Aaron in that darkness, whichever day it was, I think AJ's probably one of the only people that knows which day he was going in. Because remember, that was a massive piece of the information when he goes in. Day one, Goody's like, all right, it's time. Gotta talk to Aaron. Sends a message. No answer from Aaron. He sends another message that night. Hey, hey, listen, just want to kind of break some things down. 
No answer. Next thing, five days that fucking guy was in the dark. Oh, no. What if Goody had no idea he was going in there? And Goody, after day three, he's like, I can't get a fucking in. We got to fucking move on. I'm sorry. Got to do my job, dude. That's what he said. Like, what yeah. if that is how it all rolled? And that's why when Aaron got out, he said the messaging was vastly different after the darkness. He was like, it was a completely different tone or whatever. What if it's because Goody's like, this fucking guy, 72 hours, we got to do some shit, pal. Just can't even answer. Doesn't even know he's in the darkness. Yeah. Is there a chance this was a massive darkness miscommunication? Is there a chance that Goody did not know that Aaron was taking himself back in time to the... Not even like the 19 and the 18, like the 1400s, this guy was going back in time, living in the side of a fucking hill for five days, four nights. Is there a chance that that's what happened, AJ? That'd be a real shame. That'd be a real shame yeah. if that was what happened in this whole thing. I do. I do think there is a chance that that's the case. Uh, the probability that that's the case uh, is a bit low, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, but damn. If, if your GM didn't know. know Aaron was going on the darkness <clears throat> retreat and didn't realize it even two or three days in, then we have bigger, bigger issues, right. bigger fish to fry in the Packers. I would say because you'd say, "Hey, where you could Google where is the Packers quarterback?" and you could find seven thousand <laughs> things talking about where he's at in this darkness retreat. Uh, you don't know. Maybe Guti's in his own darkness. Exactly. Yeah. You know Plus, what I mean? You could Google that, and they might say Look far around. right or far left. You know, they don't know where the hell Aaron is. And also, when we're thinking about what's your problem, what? go duck, duck, go. Yeah, and Goody, how would Goody? Know? Oh, I'm sure that was something that I don't know what it is. No, I just, just an alternate, this. an alternate. Web browser, it's nothing. Yeah, nothing. They, can't they track claim what privacy. You've been searching, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not real, dude. Okay, I know none of it's real. Everything is everything that you do is being watched and being recorded. I assume. Boom. I'm one of those. Like, I'm very lucky that the Snapchat generation was not my generation, so I was old enough to be like, yeah, nothing. Just what are we talking about? Can't do. It. Oh, it just disappears. From where? Like, just ever existing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sure that's real. That sounds real. Mm-hmm. That's just like the NFL uh, films footage where they have everybody mic'd up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we won't put out anything that, you know, would disparage anybody or anything. It's like, well, somebody hears it. Yeah. It's in a so- vault somewhere. Somebody, somebody had to have heard it and picked uh-huh. through what it is at the same point. Same thing with all the meat pics that everybody was sending on Snapchat. Sure. That thing was somewhere at some point. Whatever the case, everybody's okay. Everybody's going to be okay. We don't know if we have to duck, duck, go, Google, Gojo, whatever the fuck you need what? to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could have found out where Aaron was, but them talking, the way, they're both moved on here, clearly. 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 It's over. Yeah. I think the <clears throat> the call was like, hey, we're going we gonna to move on. Well, Aaron is in the dark right now. Hey, hey, we we gonna move on with the young guy, but Aaron's still in the dark right now. Fuck, when is he coming out the dark? Hey, you gotta wait till Aaron get out the dark. Then Aaron get out the dark, and then it's like, nice. hey, we want to move on. Aaron's like, hey, fuck it, we already knew this, you know. Yeah, cause couldn't it, do it because I was MVP the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to let you know at the support year. Yeah, one bad year. Yeah. By the way, since I don't think, which happens whenever you're getting paid that much money. You can't have bad years. Whenever there's that much money, that's just the way the business, the NFL goes, has always gone. I knew that I was three or four shanks in a row away from getting fired at any moment, like, because they were paying me much more than they could just bring in a rookie guy and get paid the exact same. Hey, we're not paying you for three shanks, pal. Like, we could, mm-hmm. we could sign six guys to, Men contracts if we were to cut you right now. So I knew that. Everybody knows that, especially at the quarterback level. But it did – it had to be years in the making, though. AJ, like Goody and Aaron, whenever they passed each other in the uh, hallways of the facility, how do you think that went, AJ? How do you think that went? Do you think they talked? I, I don't know if they see each other that much, honestly. Like, there's – they 
usually the front office was up on there. They didn't come in the locker room ever. They would stay up on the second floor. You'd see them. They'd watch practice and stuff, but there wasn't a ton of interaction like that, honestly. Interesting. So probably not a whole lot. Well, and that's the other thing. It feels like if they just waited. Like, could you imagine if instead of texting him during the darkness or instead of even waiting for him to get out to, for them to reach out? Like, what if instead of doing all of that, they just waited to hear from him after the darkness? Do you think he, he's probably retiring? He's not playing for the Jets. If he went in 90-10, they don't say a word to him. And then when he got out of the darkness, he was probably just going to say, okay, you know what, I'm done. But instead they gave him that other chip on the shoulder, like, hey, we're going to move on from you instead of having you retire. I would like to hear them saying, how long is he in there for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five days? Holy fuck. You think they wanted to send somebody? Hey, let's send somebody out there knock on the door. See what's going on. Drop down hey. with the food. Keep yeah. it. What if it was? What if it was a note? <laughs> Oh, handwritten with a quill, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like because it was back in the day, good handwriting with the ink. It probably had that yep. weird fucking. Yep, sure. How would he read it? How would he read it though? Oh, Brown. He's pissed. in the dark. In the dark. <laughs> yeah, your piss goes in the dark. Yeah. You piss on the paper, on certain paper. Yeah, right. but that would mess up the quill. I mean, the ink would. That's get only all, for hidden. That's only for hidden writing. Bro, could you Lemon imagine juice. if they sent it down glow in the dark? How pissed he would be. <laughs> So they told him this letter yeah. in quill, glow-in-the-dark ink that they were moving on to another quarterback, and they ruined all his... Yeah, ruined the darkness. Ruined wow. the trip that was potentially 47 hours into only darkness being seen or whatever. He was so... He'd turn on that light, open the door. I'm, I'm out of here. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't in that particular case. There's a lot of other things happening around the NFL. And to dive deeper into those, we like to go to the beat writers, the people that are on the beat, the people that know the teams better than we ever know. And we started it yesterday. We're right in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Feel the Beat season. It's time to feel the beat. <laughs> <laughs> Banger. Yeah, Yeah, banger Banger there. Uh, We'll first start in Los Angeles with a man who's not only a friend of the program, but he also happens to be one of the voices of the damn team that he's going to talk about. He's also on Petrus and Money on AM 570 LA from 3 to 7. Holy shit. This dude's an absolute dog. He surfs every single morning. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Money Smith. Yeah. yeah. Feel the beat. Feel the beat. Hey, we're feeling the beat over here. You look so cool right now. You should see how cool you look. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Really? So surfer. You look like a band, like a like a almost yeah, like a rock bass player, yeah, like, a, like a bass player in a band. Yeah. Oh, dude. You look oh, so- yeah. That's that's accurate, AJ. The bass player is the least cool person or <laughs> the most cool person in the band, right? Like you're either cool. you're not really great most at playing cool. the guitar or you're just like mellow, just like here I am, man. I'm just cruising. Yep. I'm in the pocket with the drums. <laughs> I'm super mellow and super cool. Flea was a dog, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's I a dog. Still Flea, is. Flea was a dog. And also that. Oh, yeah. I believe that's on a bass, I think. I'm not 100% sure. That's a bass? Yep. Yeah, that's Jack Paul White McCarty. pumping that out. Yeah, Paul Lefty, too, huh? Isn't he? He's Lefty. That's, that's yeah. why they always talk. Nonetheless, you look like a fucking rock star. We appreciate you joining us. <laughs> Let's dive right into it. So, Espanos is selling uh, her portion of the Chargers. Dia Spanos, I don't want to say it wrong, is looking to sell 24% of her NFL team. It's 15% that she owns personally, plus her stake in the family trust. This comes amid a legal battle between she and her brothers. If we do recall, if I'm 
you know, recanting the story properly. Last year, she came out and said that the Spanish family didn't have enough money to operate a team. It was going to go under and that she was basically pleading and going to court for them to sell the team as a whole. Now she's selling her portion. Seems like that would have been a much more feasible option from the beginning. What is the deal here and what does this mean for the Chargers as a whole, Mr. Matt Money Smith? Yeah, not truly not trying to uh, avoid the question. So I'll give you my speculation as to what it means. I think, you know, when all that went down last year, my guess is they probably told the, hey, we'll just we'll just buy out. You know, we're, we're good. We want to keep in the family. We'll, we'll buy your your percentage and we'll just move forward. And I think that's probably what likely will happen. I think that's kind of, you know, when the lawsuit was filed and, and everyone, you know, it's unfortunate, right? It's family. It's these are siblings. And, um, you know, it kind of got sideways on them. Billions of like, dollars. But, I mean, there's a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, there's. Yeah, go ahead. You see, yeah, you see the, you know, the the Broncos go for over four bill. You see the, the commanders about to sell for six bill. Then I'm guessing, you know, maybe you're getting on in, in years a little bit. And you're like, I mean, I get this sweet check every year, but hey. Yeah, one of these valuations be kind of cool. So that's how it look. That's my assumption. I think that's probably how this ends: is the family buys that chunk at whatever market value is, and the Spanoses continue to own the majority, and they don't really bring in a, a minority owner with that. Now they could split it. You know, they could split that pie a little bit and see if there is. Uh, a local LA minority owner, perhaps that maybe doesn't want twenty four percent, but maybe is looking to cash in with ten percent, something like that. There's a lot of people out here that own quite a few of the teams. You know, they own like a little slice of of a lot of the teams in town. So that would not surprise me at all if they wanted to raise some capital and, and maybe kind of float. 10% of that out to somebody. They also get a chance to learn quickly what their valuation is. Like yeah. they get to find out quickly. Yeah. So there might yeah. be more percentages for sale at smaller rates. Like somebody could buy 5%. I mean, the 5% thing is they're making money. They're in a team. And also you're getting a chance to kind of get some cash on hand right now, which they're going to need to pay Herbert at some point. <laughs> AJ has a question uh, right? for you, Mr. Money. Yes. Money. What about uh, what's going on with Austin Eckler? And what do you think the chances are that he uh, plays for the Chargers next year? I felt like this was coming last year. I, I could see it, AJ. You know, you come off a season with 20 touchdowns, and then you're going to go into the last year of your contract with an 18-touchdown season, and you've scored more touchdowns over the last two years by 12, 12 more than the second-place touchdown score in the NFL, and you're making six and a quarter. To me, the, they figure it out. Uh, you know, this is a tough one. Everybody loves Austin Eckler. How can you not? The guy busts his ass. He comes into camp in shape. He's, you know, a, a nutrition freak. He's a workout freak, pound for pound. He's the strongest guy on the team. He's durable. You know, I think it was maybe three years ago. He only played 10 games. Otherwise, it's 17, 16, 16. At the same time, you know, so that's kind of like, hey, this is how they, this is how my heart and my soul are, are feeling about this situation. We got to have this guy. And then your head looks at it and says, okay, uh, 2023 is 28. You know, if I if I extend him, I'm now taking him over 30. And I need someone to show me running backs that produce over 30 that, you know, not now I'm betting on him being an outlier. And that's where what my hope is and, and what I think is and the reason why Tom Telesco, you know, your dear friend said, hey, go ahead, yeah. go go see what you can find and let's figure something out here. And if someone will meet the asking price, then, you know, maybe it is best for you to move somewhere, get paid. Otherwise, we want you back. I think they maybe tack on a year. Maybe tack on two and give him a nice big number next year when he's 29 and then maybe a smaller number at 30. You reward him for these last two years. I think the important thing, though, just quickly to, to add on, 
Remember, they gave him this deal on the come. So it's not like the Chargers have always taken advantage of him. Melvin Gordon was still on the team. He was still the number one running back. And they floated Austin, who was kind of this third down back, second back, this $26 million deal, you know, before he was the guy. So I think that's why you hear Austin talk about the Chargers the way he does. I don't think there's that hard feelings because they did bet on Austin before he put up these kind of numbers um, when they offered him that number when when Gordon was still on the team. We're tech, uh, talking to Matt Money-Smith, Chargers play-by-play, also host of Petros and Money from 3 to 7. Atta, baby. Can't wait yeah, wow. to watch you do your work this upcoming season with this Chargers team always electrifying. The Eckler situation is so fascinating because all he does is score touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Every it's like, does everybody do that? You could say, like, Hey, find me a running back. This is not just you. This is all running backs and how they're being treated right now. It's like, find me a guy who went over 30 and was able to do it. It's like, find me a guy that we could bet any time touchdown score on every single fucking week and yeah. he's going to score a touchdown. Cool. I mean, right. He was in the end zone like Jerome fucking Bettis yep. was. Like, the bus every game was scoring a touchdown towards the end of his career, and they were all like half-yard touchdowns, one-yard touchdowns. The bus is coming through. Good luck. Eckler's wide open on like 55-yard touchdowns, 40-yard touchdowns. He's a, le- he's a massive piece of that puzzle over there. I like that they've remained positive, both sides, and hopefully they're able to get a deal done with him also looking elsewhere. Pac-Man has a question for you, Money. Um, draft time. Y'all got the 21st pick, Money. Um, what are you thinking? Um, I got y'all getting the edge rusher, but you just talked about the backfield thing. Um, I'm not as high as Eckler as you guys are. Whoa, he oh, scores Pac. touchdowns. Come on, Pac-Man. What's your deal? Um, <laughs> like we said, how many running backs does it at 29? You know, he's had right. a, a, a good run. You've named all the games he's played in, so that means his body have taken on a, a lot of wear and tear. But that's a whole other conversation. I just wanted to ask you, what did you think about the, the 21st pick? Yeah. Well, first of all, Pac-Man, I'd like to say it is an honor to be one of the 47.1 thousand people you follow on Twitter. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pac. Hell yeah. Sounds um, like that was a move, man. <laughs> 21. Uh, it's interesting, right? Because, and you guys all know this, I think a lot of the people maybe watching or listening don't quite know how this works out, but teams, you know, they have grades on players per round. Like this is how many first round grades we have, second round grades. And typically that number for first rounders in an, in an average draft, it's like 16 to, to maybe 18 and a really good draft. It might get over 20. So to me, 21 is an interesting spot. Um, because then they'll tell you how much they like, because that's what happens, right? You want to find starters in the second, third round. So with the Justin Herbert contract you mentioned, Pat, I think, you know, trading back and picking up more twos or threes might make the most sense, especially if they catch a break and maybe Hendon Hooker's there or Will Levis slides or something like that. And one of these teams wants to get back in. I could totally see them doing that just because this $50 million per year number is coming for Herbert. And they're, they got to get more rookie contracts on this team. There are so many veteran contracts. I think that's going to have to start balancing out when that Herbert number comes into play. If they stick and pick, Adam, you're not going to like Pac-Man. You're not going to like this. But to me, like I have watched this team now. This will be my seventh year. I have never once seen the defense stop Patrick Mahomes, nor have I seen any defense in the NFL stop Patrick Mahomes. So What's the deal? I would just load up on offense. I mean, to me, you just got to – it's just a haymaker fight, and and I would want to give Justin Herbert every possible weapon to swing those haymakers, you know, with Patrick Mahomes and just try to win the game 38-35 because I, I can – like, I'm not kidding. I think in the last two years of those four games, the Chargers are one and three. I want to say the three losses, they had a lead. 
in the final three minutes of the game. Oh yeah, and they that, just, that, they, that's they, been they, the problem. They, yeah, that's, so it's like why why draft another edge if you if you draft for the division, you know, to win the division, that's the easiest way to punch your ticket into the tournament. Just get a wide receiver, get a tight end. If Bijan Robinson's there, grab him. You know, Ooh. get depth on the offensive line because we know oh, Herbert's God. capable. Because he's taken those leads in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter, he's delivered those points to put them on top, and they just kind of watch him disappear. So, it's so it's impossible to stop the guy. So you like Jordan out of uh, USC? Then sound like to me he'll be around that. That he should be around Addison, that you at. the yeah. wide receiver. Like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like Jordan Addison. Loves Zay Flowers out of Ooh. Boston College. I wouldn't mind seeing. Like I, I was able to call the SC the USC Utah game this year uh, on the radio and. I mean, I watched USC, and granted, their defense did not do much this year, but they did everything they possibly could to stop Dalton Kincaid, and he just laughed at him. I mean, it was Travis Kelsey-esque. It was like 19 catches for 270 yards in an overtime win. Um, so I would love to see a weapon like that on this team as well. But, yeah, I think Addison, Zay Flowers, you know, Dalton Kincaid, or, you know, one of those guys I think makes a, a lot more sense. Just give Herbert everything, man. Let him go to work. That was top-level analysis. I want to let yes. you know that about everything there, and we appreciate it. But while you were giving it, I saw you turn your head. You got a good fade right now. Yeah, yeah. wow. Hey, your hair is fucking uh, great right geez. Look at this. <laughs> Money. 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 Come on. A little tight. Oh, you're fucking <laughs> killing. Hey, exactly. Ah, that baby yeah. money. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Ty, oh, yeah. Ty has a question for you, Money. Money, speaking of the offense, uh, is the expectation that Kellen Moore is kind of going to take the offense to the next level, which is hard to imagine because, like you just mentioned, like the defense is kind of the, the downfall of the team? And also, do you think it's possible that they would maybe be like grooming? Like if they – have another bad loss in the playoffs or don't make the playoffs this year. Could we see a potential like Kellen Moore becoming the head coach uh, down the road here? Like how much time does Staley have left, you think? Well, you know, I think you, you look at it and year three is typically when you want to start seeing, you know, that that performance. I think they feel felt really good about last year. You know, Ty, last year, th- that defense was completely decimated. Uh, they lost five guys from their defensive line, just the defensive line alone they lost their number one corner in jc jackson um they uh, on the offensive line they lost you know one of the best you know probably what two three best left tackles in the league and rashawn slater had to plug a six round draft pick there so i think the spanish just feel really good and tom telesco feel really good about how brandon kept this team together and and got to 10 wins now you don't like the way it ended that's for sure you know being up 27 zero and and giving that away in the playoff game but i i feel like Brandon's got some equity with the team based on how he was able to kind of keep that ship pointed in the face of losing Bosa for nearly the whole season, Slater for the whole season, Keenan for six games, Mike Williams for six games. There's so much that happened to this team. So in terms of Kellen coming on, um, it was interesting because they interviewed so many guys, right? And you're like, well, it's going to be this Zach Robinson guy from the Rams, or is it in, in like, it just dragged out in the second that Kellen became available. Boom, he was hired. So it was clear you know, they weren't all that enamored with the other OC, or maybe they were, and they were just kind of not crazy about any of them. They were excited about Kellen. I think one of the things, like, I'll say this. I mean, you guys are there in Indy. Shane Steichen is a freaking rock star. Hell yeah. Like, when I when he was with the Chargers. That's what I thought. Dude, I knew, <laughs> I knew this. Like, I was like, that guy's a head coach. Hell yeah. And if you go back to Herbert's rookie year, I thought his rookie year, you can argue, was his best year. Hell yeah. Like, he freaking balled out that year when Shane was calling plays. You look at the designs, the downfield throws, just guys like AJ Guyton and T Billy, like dudes, you don't, 
really even know. They're catching 60, 70 yarders, these shot plays that he's setting up, and he's just it's just jab, jab, jab the whole game, and then all of a sudden, wham, he's catch. I mean, I love the way he calls offense. So I think Joe Lombardi got away from that. It was more dink and dunk and oh here's here's someone in the flat and here's a quick shallow crosser and oh here's a little pick play and and it was just five yards and when you look at at the numbers and you see justin herbert you know like average depth of target is 28th average yards per completion is 29th come on that's not justin herbert use that hose so i think you know you look at Allen and 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 also the the designed runs were not great with Joe as well. So and gosh knows, you know, I mean, Kellen can freaking dial it up in the design run game. So we don't have a problem. I think he's a rock star. Yeah. Um, yeah we- if you don't use your hose, you lose your hose. What I <laughs> so let's make sure we use his hose and let's go and air it out. I loved hearing what you just said though about the offense that's coming to the Colts. Whenever we get uh-huh. Lamar Jackson, Ooh. all the incredible stuff that's going to be able to happen, we can't thank you enough for joining us and making time for us. You're incredibly fucking cool, dude. Every time you're on this program, you crush it. We appreciate you. Yeah, I love you guys, man. So stoked to be on. Always am. Have a great week. And uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. Hell yeah, bro. We'll just keep we'll slapping the bass. So <laughs> Matt Money Smith, appreciate you, buddy. Yay! He's fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. A couple clean shockers at the end, too. Yeah. Love to see it. Yeah, he yep. did toss the shock. I wanted, yep. How you doing? Wanted to get it back to the bass. I haven't tried the bass because I'm not, like, that musically talented. And everybody always talks about, like, you know, the bass is the easiest and the chill one. I couldn't figure it out. You set the tempo. My fingers couldn't do what this finger mm-hmm. would. And then my brain couldn't figure it out. It's all right. This dude probably plays every single one of those instruments. Oh, yeah. He surfs every morning, has enough time to be able to dive into detail on every single team, and he is the Chargers play-by-play. Shout-out to Matt Money Smith, dude. Oh. Shout-out to Matt Money Smith. And now it's time to hop right back into the pool, isn't it? Because yeah. it's time to ride the wave. Ladies and gentlemen, let's feel the beat. Joining us now from New England, ladies and gentlemen, you know him from NBC Sports up there in Boston, from this particular program and all over the internet because he is legendary, has a sick jumper, oh, and has yeah. been covering the Patriots for a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom E. Curran. Tom, what's going on, dude? <laughs> How do you like this shot? How do you like this shot? That's an interesting view. Yeah, I'm moving it. I'm moving it. Nobody <laughs> no, you're awesome. You're out in Arizona right now. How's the weather? You enjoying the hell out of it? I am enjoying the hell out of it. You like your golf, right? I like my golf. So uh, I was able to hit some balls. Going to hit some balls perhaps later, but this I'm going to stop walking. Um, <laughs> you're good. You're good. You can do whatever you need. It's been great. It's been great. And I think it's been very newsworthy for uh, my beat. So that's why we probably should feel the beat. Okay, let's feel the beat. Let's get after it. You should go to the Phoenician if you get a shot. Best golf course, most hospitable golf course I've ever been to in my entire life. We were golfing 16 wide there. I mean, had to rent the whole course out for it, but it was certainly something. Hope you get a chance to check it out. Let's dive into it. New England on the beat right now. Why? Because Meek Mill calls Robert Kraft and says, hey, Lamar Jackson's saying he wants to be a Patriot. And then Robert Kraft says, that's a Bill Belichick decision. That's not me. That has to be something that's come up numerous times for you while chatting with Patriots representatives out there at the league meeting. And how do we feel about it all, Tom? I think it's fascinating in that, for instance, we got a guy in Bill Belichick who was not amenable to spending two years and $50 million guaranteed for Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. you got Mac Jones making $2 million a year each of the next two years. If you're going to go after Lamar Jackson, you're going to say Mac Jones can't do it. 
So that first round pick didn't work. You're also going to pay Lamar Jackson, who hasn't finished either of the last two seasons, even gotten really into the middle of December, and say, let's give you 20 times the amount that we're giving to Mac Jones. And we still don't know whether or not Mac Jones is good. What I found the most interesting, Pat, was that Robert Kraft kind of lobbed that grenade at Bill and said, here, you juggle it. Because he knows, even if Bill brought that to Robert, I wonder if Robert would say, what are you, crazy? We don't even know if Mac's good or not. Why are you doing this? No, we're sticking with Mac. So it's it's really dominating the conversation out here in New England, though. It's kind of like when Bill said, hey, ask Tom about the balls. Yeah. yeah. You know, Robert Kraft, ask uh-huh. Bill about Lamar. I love – they're all able to handle it, it appears, but I could see how that could be dominating the news cycle out there. Go ahead, AJ. Tom, is uh, Matt Patricia going to be on the staff? And if he is, what's he going to be coaching this year? I don't know if he's going to be on the staff at all, AJ. Honestly, he is – we asked Bill about it yesterday. He – Flat said, I don't know. Not sure. Um, Joe, Judge, Joe Judge is, uh, to my knowledge, out here. I've not seen him, but he actually came to Arizona. He is basically filling the job that Matt Patricia did two years ago, which is kind of assistant to the head coach, doing some of the personnel stuff, but nothing so far on what Matt Patricia is doing. And we do know that he had interviews with the Denver Broncos and some other teams. I think he was in the mix for Philadelphia as well. So I don't know if he's going to be back here or not, AJ. Okay, so his contract is up with the Lions, right? And Joe Judge probably has another year of Giants money coming in? Correct. Makes sense. So what's the common denominator there? Yeah, well, I ain't paying anybody, which is the Lamar Jackson conversation yet again (laughs) that we were just kind of talking about that has been floated out there. Excited to watch it unfold. Here's Mass Hole Connor with a question for you, Tom. Yeah, Tom, obviously I've been living in the Lamar Jackson dream for the past 24 hours. It's been very nice. And, you know, hopefully as a Patriots fan, we just have the best possible team going forward, whether that's with Lamar or not. And obviously there's some D-hop rumors. But looking ahead to the draft, do you see them adding for Mac? Do you think that it will be like, okay, we got Bill O'Brien in here. Let's give Mac another weapon. Let's see if he's good, as you're saying, because we don't really know. Or do you think we go defense and we try and run the ball again and we try and just, you know, squeeze and murder out the clock here? I think they're in an unbelievable spot, Connor, because biggest needs right now, wide receiver, corner, offensive tackle. There should be good ones at 14 all over the place. If you wanted to go get say, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you wanted to get Quentin Johnson, he might be on the board, Jordan Addison, um, Zay Flowers. All of those guys would be immediate difference makers. And so many people, yourself probably included, are saying, well, the Patriots don't develop wide receivers. They're just going to be throwing this thing. Might as well take a flamethrower to the pick if you take that. I say they're due. Take one. But if they want to go get a corner, um, that makes sense too because Bill has always been a big fan of those long angular corners who can take a guy away. They don't really have that right now. So they're in a good spot either way, Connor. Yeah, you could take a flamethrower yeah. to that pick because Bill Belichick <laughs> does not give a fuck about the success of most of his draft picks. Always picking near 30, though, too. Yeah, usually you know, in the back. Yeah. It's not as easy to just project. Like, we just heard Matt Money Smith of the Chargers, and he said, you know, most years every team has a judge on how many different players are first-round caliber talent. Normally it's like six or like 21, he said. This year it's like 16 or something like that. Yeah, It's like the Patriots wrote, we're picking for a long time. 28 and up. 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. It's like that, not nearly as high as a hit rate up there, but Bill's going to have to hit at some point, yes. right? I mean, that is going to have to, at some point, he's going to have to evolve. He's nowhere near stopping, right? There's no chance of t- Bill Belichick stopping anytime soon. Well, what I need you to do is find the sound. You can go to our uh, our website on Twitter and find the sound, have Connor, somebody do it because of course. it is becoming more and more a conversation of what are we going to do about Bill? 
because oh, what? Oh, I'm just reporting out here. You know, yesterday was asked point blank. Robert Kraft was look. If Bill does not have a good season after you've kind of pushed your chips into the middle of the table, Robert, would you fire him, or would you allow him to continue to pursue Don Shula's record? Oh, yeah. And that kind of verbiage is tough to listen to after all Bill has accomplished. Robert said, look, I want to see him break Don Shula's record, but we don't have our players chasing personal awards. He also said in different uh, in different junctures, you know, it's a performance-based business. It's a business, and we need success, and he expects success. So it might not be Bill's decision as to whether or not. Oh, shit. When- God. I saw Peyton Manning that- get cut, dude. I saw Peyton Manning get cut. So, I mean, that uh, the NFL is the NFL, always will be. But you assume you build up a little bit of leeway, you know? Yeah, well, you, but a couple Super Bowls. You assume you build up a little yeah. bit. Look at what Bill did with Tom Brady. I mean, he didn't give him carte blanche to finish his career. He wanted to go yeah. year to year. And Brady finally said, you know what? I'm not doing that. And I think Bill is being, you know, held to a similar standard that he's always held his players to. And, yeah, he built up an unbelievable amount of collateral, an unprecedented amount from 2000 to 2018. But he's also spent a lot in the last few years. My arm is, like, shaking. No, you're crushing it. You're doing great. I was actually very impressed. You can go back down to the bottom shot. Just couldn't be that way the whole time. You can definitely rest your arms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We couldn't just stare up at you the whole time. Kind of an awkward situation there. But Robert Kraft, Bill Belichicking, Bill Belichick, I think Bill Belichick would say, I was trying to see how long you would wait and let me kind of ride out. What a fascinating little sub-storyline happening up there in New England, especially because there's cultists for the Belichick Ranch that would ride until the very end. So anytime that decision is made, everything will be judged for the next 10 years on what Bill would have done Mm -hmm. and how it would have been run. Interesting time for the greatest dynasty in the history of professional sport coming to an end, maybe. Tone Diggs has a question for you. The last one, Tom, as we appreciate the hell out of you, pal. Yeah, Tom, Connor kind of brought it up. uh, Was I mean, Bill's gone out and got great wide receivers before. I mean, Randy Randy was, I mean, what he got Randy for, we've talked about before, was criminal. But do you think D-Hop is on the uh, plate for the Patriots? They have the room to do it. We've had, you know, Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated say he doesn't think it's in the offing from conversations he's had with people in the building. So to me, I I think that they are ready to kind of move into the season. Would he make a difference? One million percent. They absolutely need to find a guy who can be someone who makes defensive coordinators wet their pants a little bit on a Saturday night. They don't have a guy who can do that. So that that is the factor that... So look at DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I've heard from more than one person, and I'm sure if you had D-Hop on here again, which you've had in the past, and said, do you like practice? He'd say, no, I don't like practice. So that being the case, would he practice here in New England? I mean, that's a big aspect of it. You oh. know, that's wow. – And he's 30 years old. He's got to manage things too himself. But, you know, he's been with Bill O'Brien. Do they want to bring in a big, big, big-ticket guy who might not adhere to the same – daily strictures that Bill wants. Sure sounds like you think that's a big no, not a good <laughs> fit. Excited to hear what else your thoughts are. We will bring up your podcast. We will listen to it. We will follow along at your Twitter. That is fantastic. And we will continue to ask us to join or ask you to join us on Feel the Beat because you're majestic. Good luck hitting those balls out there. They fly 15 to 17 yards further, mm-hmm. we learned. Dude, I almost drove a 344-yard hole. Did hit it down. Oh. But I absolutely 
hamburgers. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you did. Right. Then, then once you get Bogue, we par, we birdie that thing. I parted. Wow. Ah, <laughs> got to do that. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, Tommy Kern. Appreciate hey, it. Tommy. He parted. Yeah, he parted. Uh, <laughs> you got to par on that particular shot course. I mean, that guy, what a legend. Where do you think he's playing at out there? I'm not sure. Should that, be the Phoenician. Yeah, he probably should. I don't know if Tommy's going to the Phoenician because he's probably getting pretty probably, tuned up. Probably Parsons course, TPC Scottsdale. Oh, yeah. Potentially yeah. Tommy Kern. We need to tell him to head to Chef Bo's. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say he actually has a lot of Chef Bo in him. Yeah, because we could hear the similar. You ever yeah. go to Chef Bo's? He probably knows. What are his restaurants called? You do you only say Chef Bo? That's just because I don't want to limit it to one restaurant. Right. Yeah. Sure. If, oh, okay. if you should go to Can you any- name one? Could you name one? Because I don't know. Sanctuary. He has one called like Altitude or Elevation or something like that. Nice. Sanctuary. Yeah, and we don't want to like give away, you know, there one of the best places in Arizona and make it a tourist attraction. Dude, That's it was it, it was one of his chefs that came to the house and cooked. Like it, he literally fed us for the entire yeah. weekend yeah. out there. Yeah. So there's so many different ways. We don't want to just say one place. If you can go Chef Bo's, you would have the same look that Tone Diggs has on his face yeah, because real. he wants a Chef Bo's. Ain't that right, Tone? I mean, it was. <laughs> I can't even. I can't put it into words. I've been trying to put it into words since we've been there. Can't do it. Guy's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's the greatest restaurant of all time. It's, it's, he's got like super uppity food, but he does it in a way that the basics can understand. Yeah, we down to earth appreciate, people. which we, I appreciate. We had mm-hmm. this Greek cheese they set on fire. <laughs> oh my oh, god! Yeah. Oh my god! They put a fire right in front of our face. Poof! There's a fire on the table. On cheese. Bang! And then they had like instead of, it's Texas toast, but the way they do Texas toast, yeah. I, I don't know how. Well, Zona it was toast. so good. And then the the cheese that was on fire right in front of our face, cut off, put it on there. So good. Best cheese I've ever had. Really? Yes. It was unbelievable, bro. He knew who he, who he was pizza, serving. Bo gets it. That's the thing. It was great. It was fucking great. You get a chance to go to Chef Bo's. Bro- Chef the Bo. broccoli Rob was. You go to Chef Bo's. <laughs> yeah, and he'll take care of you too. It's not like you're just going there to, you know, oh, where's, where's Chef Bo? Chef Bo's coming out and saying hello. Okay, he's a showman. And he's got something back, eh? Yeah, exactly. Tequila, fucking whiskey or something. That was a tough time for us to take another full shot. Of it was like a or tequila, t- double shot. It was yeah. huge. No thanks. Good aftertaste, though, actually. Was, yeah. yeah. What's that? It didn't taste terrible. Terramana? After. <laughs> no, we, we had a lot we, of Terramana. Had a lot of Mana at the house as Happy well. Happy birthday, Mana. Happy birthday, Terramana. Terramana's birthday? Yeah. Today? Right, see? Yesterday. Happy birthday, yes. We're belated. Happy birthday, Mana. Mana. What'd you hear there from that conversation, <laughs> Pac-Man, from Tommy Curran? Sounds like um, Lamar Jackson will not be a Patriot. No. Sounds Definitely like not. What Tom Curran <laughs> just broke down there, he's a... So we're paying Mac Jones $2 million. He was not happy that we were thinking about paying Tom Brady $26 million or $30 million, whatever it was going to be. He would go in and win a Super Bowl on that contract <laughs> somewhere else. Bill Belichick's like, we're not doing that at all. Allegedly, to get Lamar, you're going to have to pay a good amount of money because Lamar has earned that. And is nowhere near <clears throat> the same amount of earning capital as Josh Allen has. They were drafted in the same class. A tweet was put out earlier today. I forget who put out. Maybe Ross Tucker, Ross Tucker yeah. NFL, put it out. The amount of money that Josh Allen has earned mm. versus how much money Lamar Jackson has earned at this stage of the game is very different. Massively, massively different. So I think Lamar is looking for a certain amount of money. Maybe not what everybody's automatically assuming, but that would make sense. It sounds like they're out of it. it sounds like the Patriots aren't going to be the home for him back. Yeah, I think the Patriots are out of it. We said they only got $20 million in cap space. Um, it was. It would have to be. They would have to do a lot of things to 
make room for a little more. Um, what do you maybe think, next uh, year because of what they got a hundred million dollars next year. What do you think about the Patriots uh, this upcoming season? How are they going to be? You think they're going to be good? You think Bills are going to be on his way out? Um. Ooh. I'm, I'm just thinking they need a receiver. Um. They don't have a receiver. I'm. I'm quite sure Bill will figure something out defensive wise by drafting some young guys, making them buy into the system. But they got to get a guy that can that can change the game on offense. Right now they just a team. Who's Mollett Belichick? Uh, Steve. So Steve Belichick, allegedly. Now, a lot yeah. of stories are coming out from McCourty retiring and other mm-hmm. people retiring, telling stories about the good old days. Allegedly, Steve Belichick, whenever he was yeah. assigned the linebacker coach position, Safeties. safety coach position, he came into the team meeting room and said, listen, guys, I don't know shit about <laughs> yeah. anything that I'm about <laughs> yeah. to do, yeah. but I'm going to learn. That's like kind of the Belichick way. Like, exactly. You will learn. You'll figure it out. That's why the Matt Patricia yeah. and Joe Judge Boom. experiment backfired so humongously, I think, yeah. in front of all of us because Bill legitimately believed, like, n- it's football. Yeah, if you can coach football. You'll be able to, mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. And that didn't work out, which maybe means the future's in jeopardy for Bill Belichick. Is that what Whoa. Tom was saying? Uh, and how are you feeling about that, Connor? I don't know if the future's in jeopardy, but yeah, if we go 5-12, and 12, then it's not going to be like, oh, we can just trust Bill. Like, that'll obviously be a problem for the Lamar thing. I mean, Deshaun Watson just had a, a what, a $900,000 cap hit, and he made $50 million. Like, I know they can work around it. I do think because Tom says that won't happen, that there's a chance it will happen, because if everyone's saying, one thing, Bill probably out of spite will say, oh, "Okay, they don't think I can go get Lamar." Well, then watch this. I'm gonna go fucking get him. Did you see Tom out in Arizona? He had the f- camera down here to begin to look like he was having like relations with somebody straight up. At him. <laughs> Did you see it, Bill? Asking his people. Yeah, he said we would never sign Lamar. Fuck Tommy Curran. Let's go get him. Let's go get a little more. Called the cost. <laughs> what if he had that much spite and that's really how he operated at this stage of the game? And he really is waiting for Robert Kraft to tell him, like, hey, I have to get rid of you before you're completely over, much like you do to everybody else. What if Bill Belichick right now is just testing fate and how far he can go? Or do you think he believes, like I believe, he can do whatever the fuck he wants in New England for however long he wants to do? I assume that was the case. Tommy Curtin gave a little, eh, why don't you go catch, t- take the audio. I don't think that's the case. That was a surprise to me, Ty. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the assumption that everyone, Patriots fans included, have is that, hey, Bill can just do whatever he wants, but... You know, from what Tommy's saying, it sounds like if the Patriots don't win 12 games this year, Belichick's getting fired. Holy shit. Well, he changed the name of his yacht to recently canned? No, I bet he'll probably still coach in some capacity, but like lacrosse maybe. It's the case for me. Yeah, he could coach in Navy. The case for me is I trust Bill. That's not the case for everybody in New England. There's been a lot of people who have been out on Bill for a little bit because of what has happened both last year and in the Cam Newton year and, you know, with the Patricia Judge thing especially. So you think he'd get fired if if y'all don't go, if y'all don't make playoffs, if y'all not? No, uh, no. no, no. What are you saying? How do we get fired? Mm -mm. I think he gets fired if we go 5-12. and Like I, I, I don't think it's two years. Years. this year. They'll give, him more, they'll give him more time. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think he's got two years, right? Don't you yeah. think so? And he won't be whenever he is gone. I think he can coach until he wants to. Whenever they, if they came to a spot like that, they would. Yeah, he would be fired, but it would be like, a, hey, I'm mutually. I'm taking time. We're out of here. Like it wouldn't be. Hey, Bill's gone. Well, and that's the other thing is that like he's not just gonna like suck and then not change anything. Like if if the team's not good, he'll blow it up. And we've seen it. Like he's hey, that's afraid. what Bill Belichick does. Yeah, okay. he's not afraid to do that. Look somewhere one, else. Last twenty five. If he took another job, no, because yeah, like in this year, Whoa. my thinking is yeah, we could suck this year. Rodgers comes to Division Two. Like there are three legitimate Super Bowl contenders if all their teams stay healthy in the AFC East alone. And if they are to be very bad, then I can see the response. Like okay, we have $160 million in cap space. Fuck this. Let's go sign Lamar Jackson. All right, let's wrap up the Patriots, and let's hop back into the game. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to feel the beat. 
Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with the Steelers. Beat reporter for The Athletic. He's a Pitt alum, and at one point in his life, he has created the human microwave, which is his cargo shorts pocket Mm -hmm. where he put a sandwich and a sub there for at least 10 hours and ate it while he was in bed later Mm -hmm. that evening. An absolute icon living. Stole the show when Mike Tomlin had his press conference at the league meetings. Mark Bowling. I think I still got those same shorts on right now, Pat. <laughs> do you really? I think so. Do you have your – you the fit? Yeah. You know, I'm a little bit up here, but I think it's the same one. There's still some uh, Rudy's residue left over. Oh, some of the shredded lettuce in there. That stuff will probably turn a little brown. You need to get rid of that. I think at this point it would be a little bit expired. Speaking of, there's a Walmart near here. Oh, oh yeah. Man. No fresh food because of a mice outage. Yeah. Whoa. Nice uh, mice outbreak. So watch where you're getting your shit, Kaboli. <laughs> Do you have this on an influencer ring? Is that where your phone is right now, or how's this set up? I'm outside the MacArthur Ballroom on a wall. Okay. And there's like a, a bunch of uh, fancy vehicles here. And I, I honestly don't know where I'm at. <laughs> where I, it's a, I think it's like a garbage collection area to my right here. Okay. So. Well, we appreciate you taking time next to the shit to really hammer some things out. Uh, we wanted to get you on because the world, uh, the other way, the world was. I think introduced to you more just yesterday as Tomlin was doing his breakfast media and you were sitting directly in the background stealing the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the most electrifying sports writer in the history of sports, Mark Caboli and Mike Tomlin. He's got ball production. Um, He brings an energy and enthusiasm that's infectious, that's good for teams, not only in stadium but day-to-day, um, he has a stealer spirit that we value. Kaboli, did you not know Tom was sitting right to your <laughs> left there? What happened there and yeah, why? Yeah. What were we looking at? First of all, we were about on number 40th minute of the week talking to him, and you multiply that by year 16. I think I've heard about everything right there okay. at that point. Okay. So Fair. I was vegged out a little bit. I got to, first of all, I've realized because you're showing, I appreciate it, I'm not very photogenic, number one. Whoa! (laughs) And number two is I need to control my facial expressions a little bit better. Um, I remember back in training camp when uh, Devin Bush said, well, I'll just play somewhere else next year. And I gave him a look like, what are you talking about? And, of course, Twitter took over after that and blew up my fake face. So I I tend to need to work on that, you know, that and uh, a little bit better profile, I think. No! No, no, you show your emotions on your face. We appreciate it. Hell yeah. It's a human thing. We appreciate the fact that you just said, like, yeah, Tomlin needs some new shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is, you know what I mean? We need some new stuff. I've heard it all. Do when some people ask those questions, you think to yourself, Tomlin ain't going to answer this one. Do you think about yeah, that? Uh, it's, fu- it's funny you should say that because especially in this setting when there's uh, national reporters come in during the breakfast, and as they're asking the question, I always look to the person next to me. I'm like, he's not answering that. He's not answering that. I mean, somebody came up the other day and asked him about Sam Darnold and then how they scouted him. I was like, yeah, you know, you have a better chance of me running a marathon than him giving you anything on the guy that's not on the Steelers on the roster. So I just shake and laugh. That's 16 years of hearing it. And the thing is, he's such a pro. 
He knows what you're looking for, and he's not going to give it to you. Love him. Love everything about him when he's in front of a microphone. Go ahead, AJ. Kaboy, what's uh, what's your biggest concern for this Steelers team heading into this season? Ooh, it, it still has to be probably be the offensive coordinator and how the offense runs. I mean, uh, you, you got some talent. I mean, you got the Pickets, the Deontay Johnsons, the George Pickens, Fryer Moose, but it just hasn't come together yet. It wasn't allowed to come together last year because of how Pickett was uh, sort of hamstrung with his development early in, in camp. I need to see Matt Canada come out and say, you know what, everything in this playbook is yours. Whatever you, What we saw in the two minutes against the Ravens and two minutes against the Raiders, you do that in the entire game. Let's not try not to lose it. And I think he's capable of doing that. But when you have a defense like that, like Tomlin likes to play it close to the vest. They want to run the ball. I want to see them open it up, put some points more. I mean, they've only scored more than two touchdowns twice last year. Oh. I mean, you, can't, you, you, can't, you can't win games consistency, consistently like that. So that and uh, oh, yeah. the offensive line, the offensive line still – they upgraded it a little bit with Isaac Samalu and uh, Nate Herbig and guys like that. But uh, I need to see the offensive line play better, and I need to see Matt Canada just let Kenny Pickett be Kenny Pickett. That Baltimore Ravens game you're talking about is whenever uh, Kenny Pickett walks off the field and Mike Tomlin goes, Kenny motherfucking Pickett. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that was almost a tired turning almost on what the Kenny Pickett era is going to be. Them not allowing him to have any hot reads yeah. or checks or anything was fascinating. Excited to see what happens in year two. Tone has a question for you, Mark. I'm not sure Matt Cannon knows what a hot read or a check is. Uh, Kaboli. <laughs> hey, he's still back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. Great. We're excited about it. Yeah. Uh, Andy Weidel, Weidel, assistant GM, comes over from Philly, brings in two Philly, a former Philly offensive linemen, uh, brought in James Daniels last year. Uh, it kind of feels like they're doing the Philly thing. We're like, hey, let's dominate in the trenches. They're eating with the Ohio State O-linemen. They went to Michigan and Iowa pro days with big D-linemen. Is that where you see them going first round in the, in the draft? Well, if the big three are still there, there's three – tackles that are on top of the board the question is can they get the 17 uh i don't know if you don't get the 17 with one of those i don't think you reach for either one of them then you go to maybe cornerback then if any of the top three cornerbacks are gone then all of a sudden you find yourself in no man's land where you trade up you trade back uh you do something they can find themselves in a tough predicament if this draft doesn't break the certain way because i mean you you're not I mean, I don't think the defensive linemen are there. But as for the Andy Whitehall thing, I think, of course, I think last year they produced a lot of the, the, the skill players, and this year they're going more with the, the line. They brought back Ogan Joby, who's an absolute monster when he's healthy. And they brought back a couple of other guys on the offensive line. So Andy Whitehall, we were curious to see how much influence he would have. And it's pretty apparent he has a lot of influence. Bud Dupree also allegedly back in time taking a visit. Yeah, my, we all, we all, my what's, buddy. My buddy. But we, had a little Twitter, we had a little Twitter beef about four years ago <laughs> where he called me fat boy, and I just said, yes, sir. <laughs> so I wasn't a Twitter beef. It sounds like he just sent a shot and you went unanswered there. Is that, no, 
No, no, it was it was when Juju left. I wrote a quote, and he said, "Stirring up shit, fat boy," or something like that. And I said, for future reference, Ben. But, but I would like to be called fat ass. And that was about it. You guys see uh, it ended there. Did you guys see each other afterwards? And did he say oh, yeah. fat ass instead of fat boy the next time? Uh, he ignored me. You know, I, I end up getting into little beefs with James Harrison back in the day as well. It's like weird. Uh, uh, I tend to find myself in those predicaments where the guys could probably beat my ass. So. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, Mark. <laughs> probably. Probably. But to bring James Harrison, probably. But I don't want to say they could be my ass too, Mark. I don't know what you're doing behind the scenes in MMA or right. any karate classes that you've taken. In or, we don't know all that, but I think both those guys would win in a fight against most people. But I'm sure they want to get back in Kaboli's good grace. Yeah, better. Juju, May 22nd, 2019, Juju Smith-Schuster took the high road with most of his comments, say, but toss, in my opinion, a little Dorian Tanya Brown. I'll take five catches for 30 yards and win a game, then have 10 catches, two touchdowns. See, that was the last, that was the last two games that Antonio played, and he, he hit the number right on the button. So I think that was pretty preconceived of what Juju was going to say then. Oh, then Juju also said, I'm not going to ignore you guys and treat you like crap, and I'm sure you got the bud response up there queued up, right? Nah, he deleted, he deleted the tweet because he felt bad about it. Mm-hmm. I think he what? felt bad. Yeah, he didn't like it. He didn't like calling oh. you. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You, I'm sure the internet lives on forever, so I'm sure that's there somewhere. No, but he didn't want the internet seeing it. He no. said, "I'm tired of this. I don't feel that's good. Great, that's good news." Whenever Bud gets back to he town, must be, he must be coming back then. That's the only thing I could think of, right? Ooh. Yeah, got to kiss the ring of the dawn, Mark Caboli, before That's I come right. back to town. That's right. Of course, need to make that happen. But it does feel like they are loading up interior. And we were with J.J. Uh, Watt, no big deal. That's a name drop this past weekend. Right. He tried to FaceTime TJ. And literally, as he was FaceTiming, he's like, this dude is all ball all the time. Like, for us yeah. to get him to do anything, we have to let him know that there's a full schedule of events, like working out from this point. We have a field at this point. We have access to film at this point then we'll go to the beach i guess at this point <laughs> then we'll do that like that is how tj is when you have that guy on your team mm-hmm. you're always going to be in a good spot defensively yeah. he's just got to yeah. stay healthy which we can all hope will happen the nfl is the nfl it's all eyes on the offense i feel like mark all eyes on the offense which was terrible to watch play football mm-hmm. last it was okay. brutally boring mark Caboli. so hopefully it's great for me they will figure it out cincinnati Bengals fan <laughs> adam pacman jones loves it ty schmidt has a question for you yeah mark from what we've seen so far it looks beautiful out there uh, i'm just curious what's your take on the amenities um of the resort or wherever you're at have you been impressed uh are you having a good time out there well there's a difference between a thousand dollar room at biltmore and me staying at the best western three miles down the road <laughs> My toilet seat's broken. I, I mean, who goes into a, a hotel and the first thing you check, you know, after a long flight, you, you have to check out the commode. And, uh, of course. The toilet seat's broken. Can't I mean, it. so my amenities in my hotel aren't, aren't fabulous right at this moment. Yeah, but this place is nice. I'm sure your salary can spend a week. I could spend a week here. <laughs> I mean, there's so many black Lincoln navigators bringing billionaires in here. It's stunning. Uh, get some tape for that toilet, Kaboli. <laughs> Head down to Chef Bo's. I mean, the lady came in and, and she uh, cleaned the room and she left the toilet seat broke. Well, there's probably somebody else there to fix the toilet, I assume. There's okay. like um, Forgot her tool kit. a mechanical. <laughs> yeah, I assume there's something at the Best Western, don't you think? I don't, 
<laughs> Best Western. That's the first time I've been there. That might be the last time I've been there. Oh! You, you got to have a working toilet seat. Right? <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. You have to. Couldn't you have to, you have to line it up? Because when you sit, it slides to the left or the right. Dan Abbott. It's not yep. good. Dan Abbott. Can't have it. The, the, oh, I believe the YouTube chats reporting they're weighing in. They're saying this is classic what somebody who would broke the toilet seat would say. Oh, no. That's what the YouTube chat wow. saying, Mark, not me. I'm just telling you. Well, let me tell your YouTube chatters is there's a couple things I don't do. I don't mess around with stuff like that. If somebody's uh, leaving some flatulence, I take I take credit for it if it's me. And if somebody <laughs> blocks up the toilet, if it's me, I take credit. I really get offended when somebody blames me and it's not me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna own up to my own my own mistakes or my own bodily functions. So it was broken. Trust me. Thank you, Mark. Love you. Stand up guy, Mark. Yep. Need more of you out there. We appreciate you. Enjoy the Biltmore and the best Western. You're the greatest human of all time, Mark. All right, fellas. Take it easy. Hey, look out for that trash you're standing next to. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Bull. Yeah, Mark! Somebody has flatulence, and it's me. I'm going I'm to take credit for it. Flatulence is what I'm going to say. I believe, I believe him. Yeah. I really do. Beast. Love Mark. Let's get to a break. I fucking oh. love Mark Bull. Love Bull. National treasure. How, wait, what, how was it broken? Like the, the screws in the back, one of them was off? He said it was like? sliding, so I think one side, yep. potentially. Yep. That's Which is even worse, because your one cheek hits the... Yeah. Yeah. Ceramic or whatever. Yep, you heard him. There's a chance he dropped a mean mud cake right on the seat because yeah. it was sliding around. <laughs> right, he's walking into that thing. <laughs> oh, off the Couldn't wait to get into the yep, door. Yep. Open the hotel door. Did it catch my sensor? Did it not? Then finally it opens up. Thank God. Let me throw my bags. <laughs> oh, yep. obviously mm -hmm. stands up. Yep. Oh. Seat's broken off this side. Yep. Has to reach in to grab the one side That's right. from oh. the thing. Covered in dude. Mark Caboli doesn't Turns deserve everywhere. that. He doesn't. No. Hope there's a good continental breakfast at least. Yeah. Better yeah. be. Doesn't Got sound it. like it. I bet you there's at least a bagel thing out there. I would assume so. Best Western? I've never been. Me either. There's a bagel thing out there. I'll leave there. the lights on. Oh, yeah. Throw up something. That's Motel 6. <laughs> You're going to love the way you look. Mm -hmm. That's right. Guaranteed. Good to know Mark has one pair of shorts, too. Hell well. yeah. Well, I almost had to get a new pair out there. Yeah. Yeah. Because what went down at the Best Western. Mm -hmm. We'll keep an eye on that situation that's brewing and also whatever's going on at the Biltmore, where the NFL League meetings will continue. <laughs> Welcome back to the program here on this glorious Feel the Beat Pac Man Tuesday. Hell yeah. March 28, 2023. That's AJ Hawk, the Toxic Tables here at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer. Don! Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. And Adam Pac Man Jones has been joining us live. In studio the last few weeks. You've been fantastic. Yeah. Joining us now is a man who's going to be a first-round draft pick here in just a few weeks of the NFL. He came onto the national scene after the combine where he checked in at six foot two, 238 pounds. That big fat fuck can't move, can he? No. Well, he ran a 4.39 and had a 41-inch vertical. A guy who'd go down as one of the greatest bulldogs of all time if he didn't hurt his peck against Florida early into his senior season. Ladies and gentlemen, some team's going to be lucky to have him. Two-time national champion, Nolan Smith. Yeah. What's up, man? How y'all doing? 
Hey. How you doing? Hey, I'm great, man. Thank you for joining us. Sorry we were supposed to get you on here a few moments ago. Thank you for taking time out of your life. First thing I got to ask you is, did you see the video of your teammates filming you run uh, on NFL Network? Obviously you did. And what was it like to see their reaction be so happy for you when you were actually faster than what the TV even said? What was your first thought when you saw your boys lose their mind for you? Man, my first thought was, man, that's amazing. You know, the guys are in the locker room just sitting there watching us run, me and Beefy, after practice, you know, because those Tuesdays at Georgia are crazy. So, man, just to see those guys excited for me after all those weeks of me getting excited for them, you know, it was great. Tuesdays? What happens on Tuesdays? Bloody Tuesdays at Georgia. You know, the work the work get put in the bucket. The sweat get put in the bucket on Tuesdays. You know, that's the secret around Georgia. That's the key to the secret sauce. Is that running? Is that running? We're racing each other? We're cardio? What is it? Everything? No, this ain't running, no racing. It's physical. This oh. is what physical football is built toughness, character, this oh. moment. Bo- Bloody Tuesday down there in Athens. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. They're never going to lose. Sure. Go ahead, AJ. <laughs> So I, I want to ask again, so the Bloody Tuesday, has that happened in season? Is that a known thing that's been going on for a long time? And how do you think playing for Kirby Smart and all those great that coaching staff down there has kind of you know prepared you for this next level? Man, I think they prepared me so well from the practice, the prep, from meetings, just talking to NFL coaches and getting on the board, talking to them, and just the way that we do things at Georgia. And again, Bloody Tuesdays is one of the things that goes on during the season. It could be Week 15, and we about to kick off the national championship. We're going to go out there full pass, and we're going to go hit each other on a Tuesday just to get loose, make sure everybody checked in, make sure things are still solid, and, you know, that's the best way to practice. We heard a pregame speech from Kirby Smart. Now, it was being alluded to as if it was the national championship pregame speech. Somebody came out and said, this is not from the national championship. So that was from another game. Couldn't even imagine what the national championship one was like. (laughs) But what do people not know about Kirby, you think, publicly that you guys know? And why do you think the reign of dominance will be able to continue with Kirby Smart? Just when he talks to you, he's real. He's open from the team meetings. Just the skull sessions that we go through and the connection piece is real. You know, you just feel you feel connected to from not only your coach, but your whole coaching staff, all 10, all 10 members on the staff. And we all try to pull in the same direction. And that's for the G. Hey, that uh, for the G is pretty cool. Love that. That'd be a cool thing. <laughs> for the G, is <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty sweet thing. Just winning natties, you know. And then Pollock is saying right in Saban's face after the national championship. Kirby's the daddy of college football right yeah. now. And you see Saban's face, like, kind of get pissed off, like almost start to twitch. But that's something that I think should be talked about. Because for... You know, college going into the NFL, there's obviously a big leap and a change. And I think it's all football IQ because people have more time to study the football. You played in the SEC. Obviously, the SEC is fucking incredible. That's where the best players in the country normally are playing at almost every single position in the NFL. What do you think you have to develop and work on to continue to master the craft of rushing a passer in the next league at the men's league? Because obviously, 4-3-9... Damn. 240, you got power, you got speed. 41 and a half inch vertical is you're incredibly explosive. explosive. Yeah, like you have mm-hmm. all the pieces. What do you think it is that you're going to take leaps and bounds with whenever you make it into the NFL, Nolan? Really just the, the top of my rush and my rush angles, just talking with D-line coaches, just working not only on the top of my rush, but knowing my counter moves, my inside move, my dips, 
And just like you did your little slap dip, and then you got to counter with your inside spin. You always got to throw your primary and have a secondary. And, you know, usually in the NFL, we play with big dancing bears. So your first move not going to work. Oh. So you're 100% going to have to go on your second move. Yeah, and it's all a chess game, they say. I mean, it's all a setup for the next one. I got a chance to watch Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney do their thing. And watching them work, it's a master at their craft. Can't wait to see what you become, Nolan. Pac-Man Jones has a question for you. Hey, you know, I'm a big fan, first of all. Um, I had a chance. Uh, my Our friend, um, Jamal Adai, was down there. And um, I heard a lot about you. I called him today and asked him. I said, man, can you give me two things? He said that you remind him of a Geno Atkins mixed with an AD. Damn. Um, my question to you, um, do you prefer handing the dirt or you prefer standing up? Man, it really – it really doesn't matter. I like to stand up just to see everything, you know, guys like you, you know, come out the backfield and just moving and doing all type of things. And just I like to stand up, though, 100 percent. OK, so the NFL is kind of moving that way with the pass yeah. rusher. Uh, whenever you think about Jamal Adai was safety for West Virginia. He was a senior when I was a freshman. So we crossed paths. He was coaching in Minnesota. Then he was coaching at uh, Georgia. Yeah. Now he's coaching at Miami, I Ooh, believe. Yeah. So we're very yeah. happy for him. Obviously, you guys winning a natty whenever he was a part of the defense was a massive piece of it. So many dogs down there. Oh. So many. Like, what was it? Like seven. I think yeah. six got yeah. drafted last year. Mm-hmm. Who knows how many? How is that in practice? Is it like patience? Do you, how is the competitive? Like, how do you figure out when your time is going to be? Because you started games your freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Obviously, you're able to find the field. But what is it like down there in practice with all the different talent that is literally walking around everywhere on that campus? All I have to say is my freshman year stepping on campus, every person that played on our offensive line went either in the first or second round <laughs> on our offensive line. Just And that was my freshman year. Andrew Thomas i never seen Andrew Thomas lose a rep at Georgia. Um, I sat behind Aziz Ojolari for two years and just watched him work and how his craft and how he worked his craft every day. And that's another thing that probably Pac-Man will tell you, you know, guys in the league work their craft every day and they work it constantly till you can't do it wrong. Um, just practice is fun. It's, you know, people talk about a lot of five stars, but now it's getting to a lot of NFL talent became off that field. And just the way Coach Smart runs it, again, you know, bloody Tuesdays, we're going to go be aggressive, and we're going to play the just SEC football. Just so many dogs down there. Yeah, oh, ridiculous. So many. You were, what, a mathematics major as well? Yes, sir. What does that even mean? You're going to be a mathematist out there? You're a <laughs> scientist? What are you what are you going to figure out the theory? Like, what, are we, what, are we, what was the – what? that's a very difficult – like, isn't it? That's a very difficult major, I'd assume? I thought I thought it wasn't I thought it was a lot easier. I wanted to be an engineer at first. And so I wanted to figure out if I could backdoor my way into civil engineering because a lot of mathematics majors and civil engineers do a kind of a lot of the same things and talking to some people. So they say, Well, my mathematics degree, I can backdoor into civil engineering. I feel like you're gonna be able to backdoor now, pal. Yeah, I, feel, yeah, I feel like you're gonna be yeah. able to to figure it out. <laughs> but I think any team that's hearing that's like, we got a fucking civil engineer uh, brain. That's incredibly smart. That's literally all these things. Are you having a lot of convos with a lot of teams? Uh yes, sir. So I'm having a lot of meetings, um, a lot of top thirty visits. Um, and it's it's getting fun talking to them. They style of defense and just, you know, either they played similar to Georgia or they played somewhat like Georgia. 
So you already got a head start. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, Nolan, obviously I assume you know how athletic and freakish you are when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I don't know what you were kind of thinking before the combine in terms of like where you'd go in the draft. Um, but now after that, like, have you had a moment to like sit back and reflect on what you did at the combine and like, you know, shit has obviously changed, you know, quite a bit for you in the last month and a half or so. Uh, no, not really. I haven't sat back and thought about it. You know, I just keep working out. Um, there's so many meetings with the NFL teams, so I haven't had a time to just sit back and think about it. So I really just try to work out every day and just keep going. No, I say if I sit back and think on it, it'll probably be like two or four years from now. Yeah, maybe 15, too, when you get yeah. done with your career. Oh. We, I think the reason why the Combine was such a big thing is because the most watched games as of late you were not playing in because you had a torn pec. How is the tit? Are we feeling healthy? <laughs> Are the teams done? Yeah, man. Ah! Oh, good. I'm feeling healthy, both sides. Taking care of myself. That's why I work out every day to try to be big. Yeah. Right, so what um, happened there? Did a full surgery, and then you've already gone for the full uh, through the full recovery, and then while you're doing that, you knew you were just going to be preparing for the combine and for pro days. How did it all kind of mesh together? Because obviously you were in peak shape at the combine, like everybody else was, and it didn't feel like the pec held you back at all. Are we wrong in reading that, or what? Um. Yeah, I was kind of kind of at peak shape, but um, my pec really wasn't holding me back at all um i'm should be getting cleared here in the next two weeks so i just can't wait yeah i'm happy i got my titty back i told him <laughs> i look like a girl with a bad boob job i one one breast was bigger than the other and i was lopsided <laughs> oh biggie smalls ass over there yeah i love that AJ, aj tore his pack as well i'm sure he uh has some opinions about it all go ahead on aj I want to ask you about your, your pass rushing. Obviously, you seem like you're already a student of the game and like your whole everything you're doing, you're already thinking it through. Do you work with anybody like outside of the program over there that where you there's all these like pass rush specialists that a lot of NFL guys continue to work with in the offseason? Uh yeah, I so I used to work with Chuck. So Chuck Norris, um I mean Chuck Smith, not Chuck Norris. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Chuck. Could you imagine what? you work with Chuck Norris? Dude? <laughs> no. This guy's going top ten. <laughs> Oh my god! I used to work with uh, Chuck Smith, and he just got—he's now at the Raiders. I mean, the Ravens. So you know, a lot of those pass rushing specialty coaches are dying down because a lot of guys like me say we work with them, and a lot of NFL teams picking them up and taking them from us. So I got to find me a new guy. Um, I have a guy with me at my agency at Athletes First that I probably I love using. He's really good. So just try to get with a coach every now and then, just to always work my hands though. Last question. Robert Mathis has a great idea. Robert yep, Mathis yep. works with a lot of people up here. Cold, though. I mm, mean, it is. Chilly. It is cold up here. Last question for you, Connor. Go ahead. Yeah, Nolan, you've mentioned all the guys from Georgia that have been drafted in the first, second round over these past few years. Have you reached out to them kind of just to pick their brains about this whole process and what it's like being in the NFL compared to Georgia? And is there anything kind of unexpected that they've told you? Um, really, the only thing that they said is just it's time management. You know, just worry about your time and just getting your workouts in and kind of like try to live like the same schedule you lived at Georgia just because Coach Smart gave us the recipe, the success for life. Um, a lot of guys like Nicobe, I talk to almost every day. I see him in our weight room every day. He's back. He's about to finish engineering school. Um, and then. Yeah, me and Kobe, we was in engineering school together. So I'm coming back to finish mine too. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna let him be the only one. 
Oh, so you're gonna be a you're gonna be an engineer too, a registered graduate, and a fucking engineer like building buildings and stuff. That's what we're doing. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Wow. Hey, man. And be behind. We appreciate that you exist. It's not. I mean, you know. Six two two forty four three nine forty one inch vertical. Going to have a civil engineering degree and going to go in the first round in a few weeks. And also doing business shout out with Six Star Nutrition, who in the month of April, every single product purchased, they will donate ten meals for those in need. Okay. So you're making the world a better place alongside Six Star Nutrition. We love everything about you, man. We appreciate the hell out of you. Yes, sir, man. Six star, six star nutrition. You know, I reached out because I was one of those kids that at, at free lunch, and you know, food insecurities have soared through COVID nineteen and the pandemic. You know, over fifty three million people have you know either had some food insecurities or something happened to them, and you know, I just wanted to bring lightliness to the subject. Hell yeah, you did a great sixstarpro.com. You can help Nolan Smith help. Those who are in need with Six Star Nutrition. Hey, it seems like you're well on your way to having it all figured out. The the sheer amount that you talked about Kirby Smart mm-hmm. being yeah. who Kirby Smart is, I think is a testament to Kirby, but also to that entire Georgia program. You were a massive piece of building something special down there. I hope you enjoy that for the rest of your life, and I hope you enjoy this draft process. We appreciate the hell out of you, Mathematist. Yes, sir. Yeah. I appreciate you for having me on here, man. Y'all take care. Cheers, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, Nolan Smith. AJ, hey, how's that fair? You know what I mean? Like, if we're talking about that's, that's First thing I was going to say, how's that fair? The guy's bigger, faster, can bend, more explosive, and he's going to be an engineer. And he's smarter. Yeah, he's smarter, yeah. Yeah, he's smarter. smarter than everybody. That's a lot of things yeah. that just kind of go into yeah. one person. And his backdrop was so cool. Oh, yeah, so sick. Yeah, very, Unbelievable. very cool. Hey, how hard was it not to just bring that up every single time you speak? Like, hey, wait, 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 what's that like? How do we get the lights? Did you set this up? Did you, because uh, you would have to change the colors there, mm-hmm. both of them. Built sweet it. look there. Absolutely sweet look. He's going to be a dog. He's you watched his dog. film. You watched his film earlier. Yeah, he was, I thought he would have been higher if he wouldn't have got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, he got hurt. They gave the other DN a lot more light than it was. But both of them on the field at the same time, it was it was crazy last year. And all the way up to when he got hurt this year. But I thought he would have been the top 10, top 15 pick. Um, of course, he got hurt. That, that's going to bump him down a little bit. But he's just a dog. He is. He's he might a be. Dog. That is crazy. I mean, Trayvon too. Walker last year yeah. soared, soared up to number one. There's no reason why he can't go up. Especially because he has film. I think he had seven sacks last year before he got hurt. He got hurt in October, so mm-hmm. that's early. And you know that, what I mean? That Tuesday, whatever he was saying. Dog, Bloody Tuesdays. Bloody, Bloody Tuesdays. Yep. That's how he plays. You can tell he's one of those glass eater type guys. <laughs> um, he's a violent rusher. He plays with a lot of up-tempo. And he's a mathematician. Yeah, yeah. sterling example that not all men are created equal. Bingo. He's the picture of it right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An engineer, bro? Uh-huh. Wild. Not easy to do when you're playing football. No, it's a full-time job. Football's a full-time job, and this guy's getting a mathematics degree. Yeah. What are we? He's going to get he's only going to put on like natural muscle too as he grows and becomes more mature. Seem to be just completely yeah. eh, know yeah. everything that's coming. Here's the Man. test. Combine, I'm going to crush it. These interviews have been fun. Aren't you impressed with – I mean, I'm always impressed with Georgia, but every Georgia player you ever yeah. talk to or someone that's coached there, like they seem to be they seem to be on a roll right now. Jamal Adai. Jamal Adai, who coached down there. I mean, it just propelled him immediately into a massive spot at Miami, and it's like – did you hear how glowing that review was of Kirby Smart from? Yeah, yeah. And that guy's a first-round talent. It's not like – you know, sometimes – It's hard on him. He's super hard. That's, like, that's what's cool. Like, Kirby – 
can recruit these unbelievable athletes, but then he gets them there and he just puts them through the grinder and like continues and makes them even stronger and better. Like, yeah, it's it's impressive. How many times on. am I going to bring a Bloody Tuesday next year on game day? Oh, oh, yeah. You think All these the boys are going through Bloody Tuesday every single Tuesday to lose to this team by anything less than 50? <laughs> no way! Well, Bloody <laughs> Tuesdays are why you're not talking about them every week because you know they're going to be there in the end. Yeah. Well, that is, we, yep. that was a fascinating thing on game day this year. We talked about Georgia like twice all year. <laughs> and I'm like, is this team the national champions? They're like, Oh, yeah. Georgia will have its show. This way. Georgia will have its show. And then, bang, at the end, it's like, we're at Georgia, Georgia, Mm -hmm. Georgia. It's like, we fool on. I'm like, I think we should be – I'm telling Herbie to tell – like, shouldn't we be talking about the fucking national champions? Like, you know, we haven't really talked about the fucking national champions. Like, they are the reigning champs. They're undefeated. They got 25-year-old quarterback. Seems like he's just got it all figured out. Mm -hmm. Can we – we should talk about Georgia. We will. (laughs) We will talk about Georgia. And it's like – they're who's that coming down the tracks? And they they did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Georgia came big time. And when we talked about him, it was fantastic. I learned about Kirby Smart. That was when I learned about him. I didn't really know much about him. I should have learned more. He's great in conversations, mm-hmm. great in interviews. And I guess he's a phenomenal recruiter like and yeah. a coach. Look out. They get eight NFL guys on both sides of the ball every single year for the next however many years. They're the new Bama, and I don't like that because I like Saban a lot as well. But that's a tough thing to beat. That's a tough machine once it gets figured out how to stop it. I think that's going to be a tough thing. I think it's easy to forget, too, because we were at both of the playoff games. Like, that Ohio State game was incredible. They could have won the national championship by 100 points. (laughs) Yeah, the freshman team. Mm-hmm. Was putting their freshman team won twenty seven. Yeah, yeah that scrimmage. It is scrimmage at the end of the yeah. national championship. Yeah, what was it? the freshman? Their team won like twenty one seven. Yeah, like the freshman team won against TCU. Get these guys some reps. Here we go. Get them some reps in a game. And then they just boom, 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 <laughs> right down the field. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. Like they're they're already working on next year right now in the national championship with the guys Correct. getting invaluable reps. Like, that's that's unbelievable. And then you hear that fucking speech that Kirby gave not in the national championship. So I don't yeah. know what the national championship one sounded like. Probably playing like Vanderbilt or something like that. Like that's knows a, they're going to win by 75. It's 2023. I didn't know that shit still existed. <laughs> yeah. And I think that is why, yeah. like, we're all so impressed that the players are all like, we love this guy. Yeah. And then you hear him say, we're all beat their fucking ass. Yeah. Like, that is not, that's not what, like, in 2023, let's go out and execute. Let's do the game yeah, plan. Yeah. Like, there's a lot more of that tech. Old school is like, let's bloody mm-hmm. Tuesday. Yeah. Let's talk shit. Like, let's do it. Like, it's it's an old school operation down there in Georgia. Grown man football. It is. Mm-hmm. And they're an adult. They're a professional team. Yeah. And you said it. They are the new Alabama. Um, we done seen it, what, the last four years? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I want to say, well, I'm a Georgia boy, so I'm not really a Georgia Bulldog fan. But, yeah, man, you, it's, 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 it's very – West Virginia's going to be in there. It's very hey, – West Virginia's yeah, going to be in there. 200 day, but not years. Right sure. Now. Not right now. We'll be there. We're building. Right We're climbing. Um, climbing. Soon. Still? We're like, AJ, we don't need you. Please. It's, it's very similar within the scheme of the program, the guys that they get. And and the quarterbacks and all of that is all pro pro style offense. And nine times out of ten, if you don't get offered by Alabama, you're going to Georgia if you are that top tier mm-hmm. athlete. And I think 
Herb have done a great job with the guys he done got down there. What'd you say, Everest? Yeah, it's yeah. a tall mountain to get to the top. That's why what Kirby's done has been very impressive. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. he's probably taller metaphorically than Everest, okay? Well, so I we're mean, climbing right now, Neil Brown and the boys. Yeah, Neil Brown, you know, he, he's <laughs> done. But the, He's not done. He's still there. Not, he was just in practice. Exactly. Yeah. That's what Pac-Man exactly. gave a speech at practice this weekend. Hey, thank oh, you, boy, Pac. Pac-Man, yeah. way to go. That was awesome. Now, Pac-Man should be coaching that team, but no. that's a conversation. Uh, Neil is the coach. Day. Neil Brown. Yeah, Neil's coaching Neil Brown. Uh, the craziest part is when you look at Georgia, too, it's not as if they've had like a Heisman quarterback yet. Like They haven't even had that five-star, top-of-the-class quarterback to go in. Which is maybe, kind of what Bama had for a long time. They never had that guy, right? Yeah, exactly. It was always O-line. They were able to kind that of guy coming that. in for Georgia this year? Is, isn't that the freshman who the, yeah, the rest of his game? Yeah, he was, he's like 6'8", yeah. spinning the pill. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable. All right, let's uh, change the tune a little bit here. That was great Georgia Bulldog chat. Wide. Go dogs. Consider us fan. I have Georgia Bulldog shoes. I work out every once in a while because George Bulldogs gave it to us whenever we went down there for game day. They were incredibly hospitable, as was Kirby Smart. Speaking of hospitable, there's a man that joins our program every once in a while to talk about the association, and he has all the fucking news of the association. And when he comes in, people go, holy hell, that guy is handsome. They go, holy hell, that guy is plugged. And holy hell, that guy is the future of basketball information. Ladies and gentlemen, from The Athletic, The Stadium, and FanDuel TV, is Sean Sharania. Shams, how are you doing, pal? Pat, I'm good. I just want to know, how was your experience? You were at a Phoenix Suns game. You were at an NBA game. I want to just give me the details. I need to know you took a picture with Go the Gorilla. Hell yeah. Uh, you looked a little lit. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I was. Can we deny? What? I will say I was I was regrettably high at that one. It was it was a end of a long day, a long couple of days. You deserve it. You deserve it though. Thank you. I mean, I, I do appreciate that. And the gorilla deserved it as well. As soon as I walked in, they had it on a big jumbo truck. Beautiful arena. They got a beautiful arena over there. The way it was set up. And shout out to you for connecting me with somebody of a level of importance at that place that I don't think there is higher. So mm-hmm. shout out to you, Shams, being the absolute man. But as soon as we walk in there, we see a screen. Gorilla does a fucking backflip and then had like a flag. I'm like, this gorilla is a dog, dude. Beast. Like literally put that tweet out and then the gorilla came up and the handler of the gorilla was like, very nice of you to say what you said. And then they put a tweet out. I did not know that tweet was going out to their mm-hmm. social media, both on this and on Instagram. How sure. did you know? And I'll Look at you- that. Look at that. Dude, the the gorilla looks pretty handsome compared to you in that pic. Oh, that gorilla's having a much worse time than me. I will promise you that. The Suns got a big time when they're undefeated with me in there. Uh, with me in there and my soul a couple thousand feet above the building. Sure. But it was a blast. I enjoyed what the NBA... Last night I went to the Pacers-Mavs game. And I, I feel like I'm learning about a lot about the NBA culture. Last night the Pacers arena was sold out because they were there to see Luka. Luka sold that place out. It was very clear. They're cheering for Luca. He had a couple whoop-de-whoop, left-handed layups that were filthy, and the entire Indiana Pacers arena was like, and then there was a, he had this pass from the corner that he threw oh, behind the hoop, oh, behind somebody's head. That was sick. Head. That was, sick. Sick, that was nasty. You Double sure? pump, you like jumping in the air. That was nasty. Getting pushed by that dog Ginzer, TJ McConnell at the mm-hmm. same time, and he does it all. It's like, and everybody was going crazy for every move that he went for, and then like at the Phoenix Suns game, it was like every time Booker got the ball, yeah. These dudes are rock stars. They're selling out arenas. Like, Lucas sold out that Pacers arena. Now, you just got a call or a picture was taking you out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I got I got, I got these lightings. I got I got, I got oh, light, lightings. You know, all, Mothership. All, all these light setups and, and, and whatnot. Um, 
Yo, Pat, I actually just got a text, though. Here we I, I go. Got a text. We're, we're, we're going to be breaking news on this show. Hey! So we're, we're going to close the loop on your whole Phoenix Suns experience. They've been without Kevin Durant for the last 10 games. Lay he up. had an ankle sprain. I don't know if you saw that, Pat, but he, he slipped on the practice floor right before a game on March 8th against the Thunder. Did you see the video, Pat? Yeah, I saw the video. He was going for a layup. It was a, it was a heartbreaker. Yeah. You know home I mean? debut. Heart. He was going to... He's going to make his home debut. Oh. Brutal. I'm told, sources tell me, he will make his return tomorrow against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Whoa! His home debut. This is going to close the whole loop. Wow. I don't know. We, we might have to give you credit for this, Pat. You go to Phoenix. Wow. Did you have any, like, did you revive Kevin Durant? I was high. I don't know if I revived anybody. <laughs> Could have happened. Possibly my vibes were brought into the building. I will say Debo Samuel was also there with the big red boots on. Sure, there man. was also other NFL people in the building. I think we're all bringing positive energy because we're all big KD fans. Was this the expected timeline for him to come back? Is this early? Or where does this kind of fall in your eyes when the initial very devastating injury took place out of nowhere? Yeah, when it happened, I mean, you'd think it, it could be the worst. It could be season-ending. I mean, that was a nasty ankle sprain. He turned it all the way. Then he had an MRI the next day. It showed he'd be out about two or three weeks, give or take. But they were going to be cautious with it. There's, seven, I think, seven, eight games left in the regular season. So he's going to be back tonight. That'll give them about seven games uh, for the rest of the season to get ready for the playoffs. Him, Devin Booker. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, oh, I think you might have to make it out for another game. Yeah. Dude, I like, I'll tell you what. Because Phoenix gets crazy. I was in the, I was there in the playoffs a couple years ago. It gets nasty there in the playoffs. I would do just about anything to get back to Phoenix. I, I mean, yeah, I love that place. I need to make an excuse to get to that place. Seeing Kevin Durant live would certainly be one of them. Watching that team play, though, was fantastic. You know, Chris Paul is just, like, so pissed all the time, it seems like. Always. Like, as he's playing, he's on the court. He's a floor general, obviously, always locked in. Booker looks like he's moving at the speed of smell. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, he's never in a rush. He's never in a hurry. But anytime he puts a shot up, it's like, oh, that's going in. Mm -hmm. Like, the hoop just seems to be bigger for him. He was fantastic yep. to watch. Will him and KD and Chris Paul be able to get along? Because we saw another move that was made. Oh. And although I got to see it personally live last night, yep. and they beat the Pacers so bad that the reason why everybody was in the arena uh, was disappointed because they benched Luka to rest him in the fourth quarter because they were up 20. So the Pacers sold out an arena for a guy. Couldn't keep the game close enough mm -hmm. for the guy to finish the game. Nonetheless, that's a whole thing that took place last night. Luka and Kyrie allegedly don't work together well, right? They, could, they still got time to figure it out. That's the narrative. Will KD, Booker, Chris Paul, Aiton, that whole crew, gel? Do we know that yet? How many games have they played and how tight has it looked? They played three games together, Pat. Uh, Devin Brooke and Kevin Durant have. And I, I watched them play one of the games in Chicago earlier this month. They look unstoppable when they're both on the floor. The thing is, they both attract so much attention. So if you are if you got one player on the floor, you have Kevin Durant, you can't really double-team, triple-team him when you have Devin Brooke on the opposite side of the floor. So... This 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 duo is going to be lethal. Then you add Chris Paul in there, who's still uh, he's not the Chris Paul of old, but he's still dynamic. DeAndre Ayton's been a beast, and I think he's the guy that has benefited most with Kevin Durant coming to this team. Um, so it's going a lot better there than it's going with with the Mavericks with Kyrie and, and Luca. It's tough for me to put it all on Kyrie. We've, we've been talking about Kyrie since the pandemic. He's not think of the vaccine. He's become such a lightning rod, I think. And and I, I think it's easy to put the blame on him. But when you look at this roster. In Dallas, I don't know if they have the talent. 
if I'm a team right now that's like Yikes. ready for the for the, for the off season to come, it's Dallas right now. Like they can't wait until the summertime. JaVale McGee is six foot hundred. He was roaming the court last night. Mm-hmm. Still doing Double it. Double zeros, fucking huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that guy almost beat up a YouTuber last night. That's right. And now he's right here <laughs> on the court having a blast. They beat the hell out of the Pacers, who were resting their three best players. Knew that was a bad sign. Excited to see if Luca and Kyrie can get it going because everything Kyrie does is going to get scrutinized. And whenever the Dallas Mavericks are now what? Eight and thirteen since them joining it. That's going to be a conversation, regardless. Hopefully, they're able to figure it out. Go ahead, AJ. Shams, what are uh, what are the Lakers? Their prospects. I know LeBron comes back from the foot injury. I'm glad he saw that doctor. Uh, and also, second part is Austin Reeves a possible MVP candidate next year. <laughs> MVP candidate. Austin Reeves is going to get paid. I don't know about MVP, but he's going to get paid. He can sign a deal about four years, fifty million dollars this off season with the Lakers. Will he get more? That's honestly become the question wow. out in the market. Oh, yeah. Is he going to be a better offer as a restricted free agent? Um, but no, Austin Reeves has turned into a hell of a player. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of like a young, you know, I'm going to take this back to the, to, to the indie ties right now, a Butler guy. Uh, Gordon Hayward. He reminds me of a smaller Gordon Hayward. He can put the ball on the floor. He's white. Yeah. Uh, Is that? We, come on, Because uh, he's white. You said, white guy. you said it. This I guy reminds it. me of. I didn't. I didn't say, like, but if you watch this game, Jeff Hornacek, give, give, me, give me a side-by-side of his form. Brent Barry. Just, just look, look at their shooting form side-by-side. It's pretty similar. Oh, that's what uh, you were saying. In the NFL, it happens, too. A guy, a white guy will run a 4-3 or something. They're like, kind of Amendola-ish. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Whenever you look at him. Like, okay, sports. Are we doing sports? I didn't say it. I didn't say it. But, but I think I think Austin is, is becoming a player. LeBron James is back in, in the lineup way earlier than expected. He, he said he saw two doctors that said he needed season-ending surgery. He ends up coming back in four weeks. There was this rumor out there that he went to Germany. I'm going to debunk Whoa. it. I'm told he did not go to Germany. Nine! Uh, there had been some travel, but it was not to Germany. Uh, so right. that might debunk a lot of theories online. But, I mean, if there's a guy that heals faster than anyone in, in maybe NBA history, it's got to be LeBron. I mean, there's sprained ankles and you know elbow injuries and things like that. He's come back from so Quick, so much quicker than any other player. In Wolverine NBA. blood, we get it. Got, yeah, Tog, Ish Ben Pat. So you said there might have been some travel, but nine to Germany. What? So that means he did go somewhere. We just don't know where. He he might have. I have not gotten to deny that he went somewhere, but it was not to Germany. Is is what I'm hearing. You probably want Antarctica. You know where everybody was. Yeah, maybe Antarctica. <laughs> uh, where everybody's going. Everyone, everyone gets their feet right in Antarctica. It's so cold over there. You just put your feet nice. in like a tub. Yeah, could be. Uh, I mean, how uh, do you know? You been? Yeah, you, you doing the <laughs> Wim, Wim Hof mm-hmm. up there? Can't maybe that's getting healthy. Okay, so he got back much sooner than anybody could imagine. Did not take a trip to Germany. Might have taken a trip to somebody else who was either a foot expert or a recovery expert around the globe to get him back quicker than ever. Are the Lakers going to be worth a fuck or what do we got? I mean, they've got a lot of, you know, they've got some, some, some bodies now. You know, at the deadline, they get D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. Now you have LeBron back in the lineup. Gordon Hayward, mm-hmm. reincarnated. You, 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 have, you have Austin Reeves becoming a legitimate, uh, I think, starter player in the NBA, faster and, and probably in a way that no one ever expected. So 
I don't know if they're they're going to win a championship, but as far as being dangerous in the first round, I think I think they can for sure. LeBron, dangerous in the first yeah, round. Yeah, That's going exactly. to change. I assume they're going to have to make some moves. Ty has a question for you. Shams, is we appreciate you popping on out of nowhere and breaking news. Yeah, you was incredible. Shams, you're a dog, dude. We appreciate you. Ty has a question Absolute for you. Absolute dog, Shams. Uh, what the hell's going on with Zion, guys? And fucking played in three months. Is he ever going to play again? Should we care anymore? Is his career over? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> You, you said, my bad, you said Zion? Sorry. Yeah, Zion. So, so, so yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate with Zion. He's He had a setback. Oh. I'm told he's on the court, though. Okay. Oh, I, great, I do have great. Some deep oh, okay. He's on the court. He's making movement. He's, he's being more active. And there's hope. There is hope, I'm told, that he's able to do some one-on-one action. Oh, no. One-on-one, two-on-one, two-on-two. Two on two. You, you know the process? Yeah. We yeah, we're sick of it. Bullshit. It's hurt again. The guy was indenting a basketball court doing a through-the-legs windmill dunk, and they're like, he's at three-on-two right now. Not there Still got to get to three-on-three, four-on-three, four-on-four, five-on-four. Listen, we know the process. We know the process now. Guys, I don't trust it. Guys missed 225 games in the last three years. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. I feel cheated as an NBA it's, fan. No, I mean, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate. It's definitely unfortunate. And honestly, even though he's on the cusp, I think, of doing some one-on-one action and then hopefully at that point progressing – just look at the calendar. The last day of the regular season is April 9th. That gives you about, what, a week and a half? Two weeks? Is that enough time for him to come back in? I, no. I don't know. Absolutely it. not. Shams, Give what, it, given the track record. Shams, what happened? What, what, who's, who, why, why is this happening? Yeah, who's Zion? We, we're big fans of Zion. Yeah. Love him. And after watching I, last night. I need with to talk Luke, to the basketball gods. I need to talk to the basketball gods. One of us has to get to them. Well, you got two trophies behind you. I assume the fucking basketball gods can at least come through there at least one time for the people. <laughs> but last night while I was watching that game, Luca sold that arena out. And then you hear LeBron talk about, like, what the NBA is looking for. And you think about from the NBA, like, the NBA needs these stars to sell tickets, to be there, even if they're not on. Like, the Pacers benefited from Luka last night. Like, Zion is blockbuster. Oh, yeah. Like, Zion would. So you would think that the NBA would want Zion to be playing more. Is this just, like, natural health stuff? Is there, like, a – because I remember there earlier was, like, we need to hold him back. Remember the Pelicans were deciding not to put him in, and it felt like Zion's camp was, like, he could play right now. That's why we saw the video that we saw. What is it now? Just all parties are understanding that we just need more time, or what's the deal? Well, I think it's a setback. When you have a hamstring injury, you have a setback. He hasn't been able to do do much cardio initially with the hamstring injury. And then the other aspect is is just a simple fact of – like this is a guy that when he when he's not playing like he's got to stay conditioned and so making sure when he's coming back is he the right game shape the right playing weight is he like everything for him has to be aligned so um i think you know it's it's unfortunate that he's had these setbacks hopefully what's that thing what's that thing you can do any of that stuff and then the ropes too right that doesn't involve a hamstring he's better off getting two leg transplants from those fucking bumpus hands and getting out there and trying to play what is your problem those things don't quit what is your problem i'm sick and tired of it sean i'm sorry we gotta put you in this spot here last question coming from boston connor yeah uh sean's just kind of the opposite end of that spectrum uh what's going on with jaws he okay now did he have to go and do a whole entire thing i saw him come off the bench Kind of an interesting move, but is uh, is he back to full strength here? Yeah, he's back. I think no, no, no distractions as of right now. I think both him, the Grizzlies, I think everyone just wants that cloud to be out of the way, them to move on, um, and everyone to just get back to basketball. Because that, you know, the video that we saw, I don't think that's in Jaws' character per se. 
Hopefully he get he gets through it. I know he said he went to get counseling. Hopefully he got the help uh, he deserves. We all, to an extent, need to get some level of help. Hopefully yeah, he true. got that. Amen. Move on and be a better person. Sue him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was. I mean, obviously, a lot of the shit that came with the threats and the guns mm-hmm. can't have it. Like, right. Can't have it. He might have learned a very hard lesson very quickly, yeah. and he might have been able to change. But all the other stuff about everything, like. If he's not breaking any law, which he was with a gun. Sure. Right. Can't be doing that. You think he changed? Do you think that changed him? Do you think, like, because everybody's talking about 10 days. Is that enough to really change the trajectory of one of the world's future superstars, hopefully? Like, oh, yeah. John will be on top of the world in three, four years from now because how entertaining he is at basketball, because the personality he has. Everything about him is potential superstar on the way up. Is that... Do we think that that's going to happen, or do we worry that maybe we didn't take it as serious enough when we saw some red flags to fix the long-term stuff? What is the conversation in the NBA world right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest conversation is just the Grizzlies and him, and, and it takes some understanding from him to like actually be fully on board with like being a better person and, and, and making sure just he's an adult. the right decision. Yeah. He's got to be an adult. That's what it is. Like, hey, this is a different world. Yeah, bingo. Pac-Man Jones. Jerry Jones said, stop doing stuff with your ass yeah. out in the street. Yeah. Hey, listen, you need to you want to throw the best message right there. You want to throw fifty grand in your basement in Memphis? Right. Yeah. There you go. But someone else's <laughs> ass in the street. Does, do you think Memphis needs to meet him halfway? And it's like, listen, you're a young man. You're gonna go smack some butt cheeks in the strip club from time to time. We're okay with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm quite sure that conversation have had. <laughs> do it on Saturdays. Stephen yeah. Adams. Stephen Adams addressed the team. I report on it. Stephen Adams addresses the team, and he told the team, "This is a." a week and a half before the incident basically saying like guys we can't go out anymore and i think everyone in the room from what i'm told knew that that was being directed at, at john moran a week and a half later he went out what happened happened but listen that action occurred wasn't right now you hope he moves on and he learns and, and like like pac-man just said like don't be out in the streets steven saying guys listen some teams are able to go out okay and have a good time to an aussie accent too oh i couldn't even do it but <laughs> i couldn't even imagine how hilarious that message would be our team, I can't. <laughs> our team is not one that could do that clearly. We've all been out. We are not one that should be out right now. Let's figure that out. That's a message from a leader. And sometimes you need to hit rock bottom, which is hopefully everybody talking about whether or not you're adult enough to do stuff. And maybe you could change. We hope so because we love watching that dude play the hoops yes. and everything else that he does. 100%. Just like we enjoy watching you, Shams. We appreciate the hell out of you, man. You're the man. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm just trying to have as much fun as you do at Phoenix Suns games. That's it. That's it. That's all I want to do in my life. To be clear, I had fun before I got there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. <laughs> also had fun at the Phoenix Suns game. Let's not, yeah. I don't want to say that, but what you saw there, I do believe, was a lead up into the Suns mm-hmm. game. Culmination. Yeah, I, I think it was. And that gorilla was a fucking <laughs> dog. dog. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're the man. Thank you, Sham Sharan. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to say it whenever he was on here to put him in an awkward spot. He put me on a group text with the owner of the fucking Suns when he found out that we were That's cool. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Matt Ishbia, I believe is his name. Brand Matt, new. Matt with he one He just bought team. the team. Yeah. He just bought the team. Yeah, a billionaire dude from uh, Michigan State. Yeah, and I don't know yeah. if I'm supposed to say that or not with Shams or whatever, but he deserves Like, Shams is the man. Shams mm-hmm. heard we were going to the game. He's like, hey, heard you're going to the game tonight or whatever. I'm like, yeah. 
He's like, you need anything? I'm like, I don't know what's available. What, what all, you know, (laughs) what do we know? We don't know if we need anything. Like, is there anything we could potentially need? Oh, I don't know. Let me figure this out. Boom. Group text with this guy. Hey, how you doing? I'm not going to be there this evening, but get you this person, this person. We had a fucking bartender in the suite. We had, oh, it was amazing. Trying to figure out how to get someone on the court as well for a little halftime, you know, show perhaps. I was hoping that we could potentially get one of the guys in our group into one of the games sure. that take place. I was hoping oh, yeah. it would be like a deal or no deals type situation mm-hmm. where there's a lot of thinking and interacting with the fan because <laughs> mm-hmm. that happens. Wasn't able to get that, and they didn't really have many no, of those types of events out there. Pacers got them all. Oh, yeah. I seen a lady last night with a bicycle do something I've never seen. This is the new Red Panda. Ooh. This is the nothing that Red Panda will ever be replaced. What Red Panda did for how long Red Panda did it is something that can never be duplicated. No. Red Panda, absolute legend in the halftime quick change game. Yeah. Right. You saw it for the first time this morning. Have you ever seen anything like that? Never seen nothing like it. That's fucking bulls. Boom. Yeah. She's kicked away. Top of the head. Boom. Right up on top of her head. That's what Red Panda did on top of a unicycle that was standing 15 feet in the, in the sky. Holy mm-hmm. shit. And she didn't miss for 10 years. Right. She was doing these games every single night. She wouldn't fight on the unicycle. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, kick it up. Gotcha. Let me catch six bowls on my head. Mm-hmm. I had the incredible honor of throwing a bowl or two mm-hmm. to Red Panda at the last Pelicans game before COVID shut down the entire world, mm-hmm. with New Orleans being a hotspot, allegedly, yeah. Yeah. for the entire world. They got There's a new one. This lady... On this bicycle last night, she was standing on the handlebars. She was dribbling the ball down the court. She dunked it at one point. Ooh. Pretty soft. It was like a finger roll dunk. She she was right. Everybody, look at what she's doing here, honestly. Look at what this. Wow. She's doing that. She hops off. There, there's a whole other trick. That's her riding it around. Flushed. Wow. Look, Flushed it was wires, table. dude. She's missing wires from these. And you would think like... um. Everybody has the opportunity to have a bike. Like, I bunny hop, I think I'm a fucking dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I was to somehow get on a bike that had two pegs oh. on the side. Look at this. Holy shit. Look at this. Yeah. She never touches the ground, really. She just she transitions from one part of the bike to the other, yep. stands on top of it, twists around it. It was not a single flub. Nope. Not a single flub. flub. Never. Ten minutes, I think, she was on top of this bike. That's reverse. Would, that thing in reverse. Would LeBron James call her the oh. LeBron James of bike stuff? And do you think, like, when he's going out with his family, he says, hey, let's go to LeBron James of restaurants or let's go to LeBron James of water park? I did see that AJ brought that up for the LeBron James of doctors on the feet, mm-hmm. uh, which is what LeBron James went to. He went to two doctors. I wonder if he went to the Michael Jordan of feet and LeBron James of feet Ooh. and which one potentially worked better. I would like to know. Is it the old school or is it the new school? Mm-hmm. Because if it's anything like Michael and LeBron, they're playing two very different games of medicine. Just like basketball, they're playing two very different forms of basketball, two different sports at this particular point. Well, not to mention if, you know, one of the persons who does, you know, the feat is LeBron, there's a chance that that person decides to sell out on him and go work on someone else's feet while he's doing it. Or she. You're 100% right. What? Mm. Thank you. you that? These guys what do you mean? Huh? They're scumbags. Uh, Miami. No, don't worry. He's he'll, talking about Miami. He'll, but he'll take c- his talents is what he's talking about. He'll go back. He'll go back to the first person's feet. And he'll feet. figure it out, won't he? He'll win it better than anybody else ever had in right. the past. And there'll be a fucking parade there for the first time in 100 years. And then he'll almost be done, and then he'll leave again. Yeah, what a crybaby. <laughs> oh, Chicago Z. I was, I was waiting for him. <laughs> I, was, I, I was wondering where he was. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. It's been a hell of a day. Yeah. Yeah. I said we we're going to do a giveaway earlier. We should do a giveaway. Yeah, we should. Who's going to do it? You. Let's see if you can hit it again. Go ahead, Pat. Yeah, right. yeah, you got. It. Yeah, you know you're draining it. A couple balls. I think so. There. I don't know, honestly. 
Bangarang. Fifteen people. Five hundred dollars. Who retweet this video, say something nice to somebody, and put the most efficient way to pay you in that same reply so we can pay you efficiently and quickly. We can't thank you enough for joining us every single afternoon, Monday through Friday, and allowing us to be a part of your life. Say something nice to somebody. The world needs more smiles. Take care. Goodbye. We're going to Bose. See you tomorrow.